Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back with our second pod of 2021. Yes. Uh, hopefully everybody, I saw actually a lot of people, you actually, this was the rare episode where you were like, hey, how are those numbers? Yeah, I'm just I curious. Do. We've had about 50 people <laughs> check out. Hell yeah. Uh, the Cobra Kai, season three, New Year's Day, Hangover Binge Along, of course. Uh, so thank you for everybody who checked that out. If you're yeah. new to the feed, because somehow you were like, oh, these guys like Karate Kid. I like these guys, all right? Yeah, they're cool. They're reasonably entertaining. If you're like, hey, uh, where's that one chick at? Sorry, she's not on this episode. Yeah, but if if you would like to hear more from Becky or like a whole separate pod that you guys just do. Yeah. That, you know, I'm always down for something I don't have to take part in that I can then distribute. I like to... Uh, pull the strings i like to puppet master okay pay no attention to the man behind the curtain i got you yes uh i am the wizard also oh. the walrus cuckoo kachoo the wizard of west ashley <laughs> sure i'll take it yeah i'll take it okay so on the agenda for for today we're kicking off the year uh in in true archive fashion we're gonna do a little mini teeny tiny review of a movie that the whole discourse has already like gone through right. every iteration already. We're, we're going to talk Wonder Woman 1984 for just a smidge. And then uh, that will transition us into the HBO Max Warner Brothers lineup of 2021. And given that we're going to get a bunch of these, you know, quote unquote, blockbuster releases yeah. this year at home, which again, we talked about this on previous episode. We do want to see some of those in theaters if we're able to, and a lot of them will be playing near us, mm-hmm. theoretically. Hopefully. So, uh, but yeah, given that everybody will be able to see them easily, uh, we figured we'd run down the slate and decide which ones we might want to do, like day and date, mini reviews and or you know full-on episodes about, uh, see what we're hyped for, basically. You said you have not looked at the thing in... No, I have not. In its total? so No, I have no idea. I only know that okay. that, so, that Money on Leto one is coming out. Yes, the little thing. Uh, the little things. Little things. Yeah. I keep wanting to call it the little ones, but that's a different movie. Yes. Um, yes. Anyways, we'll talk about the that slate, and then we'll also talk about... I, I made a little list of most anticipated, okay. theoretically, uh, for this year that we'll go through. I'll try and get you hyped on some of those. We'll cap it off with a little what we've been watching and the triumphant return of Two by Two Retro Reviews. Yes, um, the show. That, the real reason why we're here. Yeah, I mean nobody particularly demanded more of them, right? But we enjoyed doing them last year quite a bit. It it got us through parts of 2020. Indeed, it was fun indeed. introducing each other to some stuff and and revisiting some favorites. So. We're going to continue that, and we will end this episode by exchanging movies, as we usually do. And uh, so next time you hear from us, it'll be a 2 by 2 retro review and something else, probably. But that's going to that's gonna be the main focus. Yeah. And we're going to—we we committed to what? We're going to try and do one a month? At least I think one. that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, we kind of just burnt through a bunch last year. But I think we commit to one a month as part of the slate. That would, that'll be fun. Yeah, that should be enough. Okay. So, let's let's kick it off. We're doing the, the new stuff at the top. We're not going to make you wait for it. And again, nobody nobody cares what we think about this at this point. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, you and I have not talked about it uh, off mic really at all. We talked about it briefly New Year's Eve over dinner, but mm-hmm. 
not which was fucking amazing by the way oh, best we best meal of tweet we, we didn't talk yeah we didn't talk about that shout out the, to the, the fat of, yeah, yeah fat shout out hen. to the fat hen you guys are killing it, john's man. island yeah uh just phenomenal i mean i listen i put ketchup on ketchup dude and when i got that steak yeah, this man <laughs> go ahead <laughs> when i got that steak i instantly went like well, where's the sauce but before I got it, we had a conversation of would Gavin like Bernays or not? And I'm like, was it? It's butter on a steak. Who? What, but, I don't like butter. What do you mean? I don't like butter. Are you crazy? There's eggs and shit on it too. Well, I mean, if anything, the eggs made it like better. I think a little, yeah. more, a little more protein with the steak I'm eating. But so I take a bite and I'm just like, I I was like, I need to go change my shorts, man. I, I think I came. It was crazy. And then uh, so I'm eating the steak oh. and I'm like, let me let me just try. I'm a, you know. Obviously, nice, nice restaurant downtown, or not downtown, nice restaurant, John's Island. Everybody's like, you know, hey, I'm having this, I'm having that. What do I get? I get fries. I get fries with my steak. I mean, it's, it's New Year's Eve. I can do what I want. And uh, no ketchup for the fries. I'm like, what, what, no ketchup for the fries either? Started eating one. Oh, my God, I don't need any, I don't need any ketchup or anything <laughs> with these things. The perfect, perfect meal to end 2020 on. I, I can't recommend it enough. If you find yourself... You know, parading around John's Island, not knowing what to eat, fat hen. That that hands down. And we'll turn this into a food podcast for like two seconds. Yeah, I had milk braised pork shoulder Ooh. with cannelli pasta, oyster mushrooms, kale, and tomatoes. Yeah, when you and when you ordered it, I honestly thought you just ordered it to be able to tell people that you had it. It was because it. you say milk braised pork shoulders. The way you say it to people, the way you were saying it to people that night, I was like, okay, Noah, let's see what you're doing there, dude. Milk braised, who knew? Um, yeah. per- perfection. Literally one of like probably the 10 best dishes I've eaten in my entire life. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Wanted to lick the plate clean. Pretty much did. Okay. That was Food Corner. Oh, Wonder did- Woman 1984. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you're trying really hard not to talk about it. So what did you think? Uh, I mean... I don't, I mean, I didn't need to see it in theaters now that I've seen it. I watched it Christmas Day. Right. As and, did I. Yeah. And it, I mean, it wasn't the first one. It wasn't trying to, but I don't think it was trying to reinvent anything. I just think it was like, hey, you know, here it is. And I talked to you for a split second about it. And I wondered if any of it was changed or altered because of the fact it wasn't released in theaters, because I, I can't clearly that ending has to have been. I, yeah, and I haven't read up on it. Maybe fact. it was. And then the really clunky cameo as well. I was like, was that supposed to be part of this? Or were you guys like hedging your bets because you thought you had to do some fan service? Right. Wait, my overall take, again, brief mini review. I'm not even going to put this in the title of the episode because honestly, again, who cares at this point? Right. Like, what, two weeks removed? It's already came and went from the consciousness mm-hmm. um i watched it christmas day after we got home but after watching soul on disney plus which also came out the same day mm-hmm. so i was already in a great mood because soul was fantastic okay uh-huh. and so i watched wonder woman and i'm told by the way veronica watched soul with me and then i was like do you want to watch wonder woman 1984 because i'm watching both and she was like <laughs> no interest no thanks. but she loved soul she thought it was great that's good uh so she goes up and goes to bed and i'm like all right two and a half hours wonder woman 1984 let's do this i'm excited for it right right and i was just 
I, I won't even say I was underwhelmed. I was just whelmed, which was slightly disappointing because I was like, I really liked that first one. I thought it was really solid. Probably mm-hmm. the best DC movie. I'm not saying anything new here, but um, I, so I, I was totally, I was just like, not everything worked in it. It's way too long. It has a villain problem for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, some, some plot holes, but in general, I was like, all right, you know, I've seen worse superhero movies. I've definitely seen worse yes. superhero movies, period. If that's the bar we're judging it against. I've also seen movies that are like, so many movies that are way better than this. Right. But on the night, I was just like, you know what? And I also, you know, maybe maybe I do want to stop doing this this year. I don't know. We might continue to do it. But on Instagram, I usually, I'll post like an instant review, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's just a number thing. And it's usually a tag for like, we're going to talk about this on the podcast in a little bit more depth. But if you're looking for a raw reaction, here it is. And, you know, maybe you'll check it out as well before we talk about it. Right. So I'm like, you know what? It's Christmas, baby. 7.5. And immediately... <laughs> After posting it, I get a text from Sunshine Mayfield. Uh, works on a little show called Bending Not Breaking. You may have heard of it. Biggest show on the network. They're kind of a big deal. Um, and he's like, 7.5? Really? And it's in text. So I'm like, oh, he thinks I'm way too low on it. Yeah, he really you, don't, it. you don't know. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, man, what did you give? And I look on his Instagram at the same moment that I send that text, and he's at like 5.5. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I was, that's, that was my first taste of like, oh, there's people who like really, really don't like this movie. Right. And then I w- proceeded to watch the discourse over the next like few days of people just like, this is trash. This is the worst like superhero movie. They did the character dirty, all this different stuff. I listened to like four or five podcasts about it. Like ones I already follow that went out of their way to be like, Oh shit, we got to talk about this. Right. And I still, even after all of those, like I get that, like it's pretty bad if you're like, if one thing kind of like you brush up against it and then you're just in the mood to like nitpick Mm kind of thing. In the moment, I was just like, you know what? I like that she just just straight up heroic shit here and there. Mm-hmm. I love that like when we do reduce it back down to its more base elements, more like early Superman, like Richard Donner or something, where it's just like it's just a guy like doing very small good things mm-hmm. for people. I like that shit. So the first half of this played for me, and then like I said, it's way too long, um, and it somehow manages to shortchange. It's two main supporting characters, yes. even though it's two and a half hours long. Like, how did I still come out of the movie going like, yeah, they really didn't make enough time for Kristen Wiig or Pedro Pascal, which is pretty much, I would say, the only true redeeming factor. I thought the chemistry with Gal Gadot and Chris Pine still worked, and that's kind of the magic of the first movie. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of people point out that like they had they just had huge issues with like how he comes back into it and the fact right. that he's even in it to begin with. Right. A lot of people were just like, "Why? Why do we need this? Like, can't she just anchor her own movie? Why does she have to be tethered to a man. Chris Pine?" And I'm like, "Well, Chris Pine's like one of the most entertaining like f- things about the first one, right? And the man their love time story stuff really really works." So I understand the instinct to bring him back, but maybe he didn't need it. Not. Maybe that's something, you know, maybe the wishing stone is like Wonder Woman 
five or six. My other, like, I did feel this in, in the moment. This was part of my disappointment with it the first evening. was just like, 84. We got that great trailer. Fucking Blue Monday. Yeah. Whoever and cut then, that trailer and then, needs to be given the, an award. And because... then no, not a single cool music drive. I think there was one like Frankie Goes to Hollywood song that I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that's kind of a deep cut. I, I see yeah. you. I like it. But there, I was just like, you said it in 84, we get a little bit of like 80s nostalgia kitsch in With the, the first, like in the mall. And then it's pretty much just like, now we're going to explore the geopolitical territory of of 1984 in the Middle East, etc. And I was just like, huh, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I wanted some more fun 80s shit, like more fanny packs. Can we go back to that? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So again... I was just kind of middle of the road on it. Like, definitely don't think it's don't think it's great. Not don't plan on rewatching it probably ever again. But uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that so many. But I feel like a lot of people were like, "This was I planned my whole Christmas for this <laughs> yes, shit." Yes, that's like, exactly. fuck you guys! I got all excited. Right. It was coming out on HBO Max. I signed up for HBO Max just to watch this. By the way, that's a side note before we get into their slate, guys. You gotta fix your servers. You got a lot of new people on uh-huh. because of the push and the Warner Brothers slate. You gotta ex- expand the bandwidth because I'm getting so I'm getting kicked out. I'm getting episodes of the leftovers interrupted. It is not cool. I've seen it before. It's still not cool. Okay. All right. That's pretty much it on Wonder Woman eighty four. Nah. But again, well, not, I'm I, mean, just, okay. I don't have the vitriol for it that some people seem no, to. Like, I don't. There was a and, lot of people pissed off at this movie. Right. But see, my thing is like, I wonder how much of it is its own worst enemy. Because, you know, the... the I mean, the, all of the... Uh, as far as we know, this is 100% the movie Patty Jenkins wanted to make. No, 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 no. Like, that, that's had, what I'm saying. I'm saying Wonder Woman, the first, the, the first one. How much of it is its own worst enemy? Because you have to hand it to them. For all the talk of like, oh, Marvel's this and Marvel's that. Marvel had not had a straight up female lead in a superhero movie until after this came along. So ideally, if you want to get, if you're going to say it, like the bar was kind of low for like, we haven't had a a female before. So when Wonder Woman, the first one came out. And it was good. It it was really good. It was like, okay. And I'm all for keeping the person who, you know, what, 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 they, dance with the one that brung you like that, like having her move into this. My only big complaint with it is the fact that it just doesn't, again, I don't know if it changes, but it's like, I was watching it, reading it as, oh, I wonder how this would have played in the theaters in the summertime. Because right. if you get, if that's the movie I was going to see in the summer, it's like, I'm supposed to be feel bad and like kind of not like Pedro Pascal, the wannabe Donald Trump stand in. Right. And like, I end that's up kind of so, feeling bad for that's him. That's what's so complicated about it. And I remember reading all of this stuff beforehand, all these like alt-right publications before the movie had been screened for anyone, as right. far as I know, that were just like, oh, this, the villain's based on Trump. It's kind of a Trump parody. Um, yeah, this is woke bullshit, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like condemned it before it even came out. And then I'm like, did you guys actually watch the movie? Because it's right. if if it is in fact like a straight up like we're trying to make this Trump, which it very obviously seems to be. It's like it's so weird for it to at the end be like almost like Scrooge or something, where it's like 
or the Grinch, like his heart melts or whatever, and he has an attack of conscience, and it's like, you made me... And also, it is very cheap that it's just like, let's uh, have a flashback to his troubled childhood. He watched his mom get beaten, uh, right. et cetera, et cetera. It's like, now we're supposed to care about him, et cetera. It just... But that's my it was thing. Very rushed. Did you did you change it because he lost the election and you felt bad about? Oh, him? see, I don't. That's where my head. I went. don't know. I think the intention was always for it to end on that note of like she doesn't have to like it doesn't have to be a big final battle. Right. She wins it with like you know love. words and lo- yeah love yeah. yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, it conquers all. So. It does. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? But I mean, and again, I, I agree. I think Kristen Wiig. I I was. Having known, like knowing what I, happened with with Ghostbusters and all that, with the female Ghostbuster thing, uh, honestly, she's gotten a, a raw deal. She has uh, post bridesmaids in general in movies. Uh, she's in she's John Hamm's person in Friends with Kids, right? Which not enough people saw. I it was love great, that movie, great dude. movie. I, but yeah, I will yeah. stand up and I will stand up and cheer for that movie every fucking time. I, I, anybody wants to talk stuff, about dude. it? It's great, Adam great. Scott as well. Oh yeah, but like that's the thing. Like I kind of I remember her in that. And bridesmaids, all that, but I just remember like the whole Ghostbusters old girls thing, and it not being that great. And I haven't seen it, but I'm—I mean, I'm sure it's not. It maybe even be better than this. I don't know. But I feel like with her, there was so much there that's like I don't. Okay, Wonder Woman can go. Like, go save a kitten. I want to know what this girl's doing. Yeah, and, and she, I didn't again, get any because of it. because you cram, you have to fit her origin story in with Pedro Pascal as the like overarching villain. Right, it just doesn't work. The other thing, and a lot of people have pointed this out, again, not a new take at all. I feel like it was definitely diminished because you can see the trajectory. And, dude, the amount of parallels, period, to Batman Returns. Think about it for a second. Please enlighten me. You got the Selena Kyle character. You have the template, basically, for like what's supposed to happen with Cheetah. Right. She's kind of you know nervous, fumbling, like shy. She gets power. She becomes more, like, assured of herself. Right. Takes it too far, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. You've got the stand-in, like, b- evil businessman. Max Shrek. Yes. Okay. Um, the penguin angle does not fit in here. I'm not saying that it does, necessarily. But the idea of having multiple villains, period, kind of fits in. She just kind of hook up with a and, would-be billionaire. Yeah. And where the the ostensibly lead character is not really the lead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Even though she is in, I mean, she's in it a good bit, but there's also so much that's just like her and Chris Pine mm-hmm. or her interacting with, you know, anyways. Yeah. But a lot of people have pointed that out and I'm saying, I just watched Batman returns close to Christmas mm-hmm. and like, I forgot how much I, fucking love that oh, movie dude, dude. how scared so i was of that movie for when a long I time i was saying when we watched it as kids i just remember it like being creeped out by but it's crazy it's one of those i go back to and i'm like i know every frame of this yes. and i forget that like i've seen 89 a ton of times watched it on vhs a lot with you right but returns i always like i think as a kid it was that case where i'm like no it's the sequel like it's the sequel i like this one better right and i think over time like, yeah, a return, superior movie in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to the '89 Batman. I, I mean, yeah, just, just, I mean, if you're judging it just based off of, like, if you just judge it based off like Batman ness, like the cave, the car, the 
the the gadgets, all that. It just it take. I mean, to me, it takes everything that like worked about the '89 version and was just like, hey, you know, what? we're gonna lean heavy into this. Let's. It's because, more Burtony, which right. like so much more so than the first. One. Because what I'll argue is, is obviously we all know at the time '89 Nicholson's the star. He's the star coming in. Who mm-hmm. is this Michael Keaton dude? Okay, Night Shift. All right, cool. Johnny Dangerous. All right, whatever. So it's a Keat. It's a it's a Jack Nicholson vehicle that Michael Keaton happens to be Batman in. Whereas, like by this time, it's like, oh, okay, that's Michael Keaton, and you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. Where is she? What she? What she done? What has she been in before that? She's huge at that point from Married to the Mob and Married to the Mob. Okay, what about Fabulous Baker Boys as well? What about was Dangerous Liaisons out by then? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. No, she's like huge at that point. Right. That 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 cast in general. The the odd man out is Christopher Walken, who was not in a great spot at that point. But eventually, this is pre. That's right. Because Devito becoming kind of a kitsch icon, and Devito is a huge movie star at that point. Yeah, he'd throw him home on the from the train. Twins and director as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Cheer. uh, Cheers. We don't have. Anyways, you watch that. So let's just roll into what you've been watching real quick. No. We're going to do that at the end. We oh. said we're doing the new stuff up front. All right, new stuff up front. So, we're transitioning from Wonder Woman, uh-huh. 1984. To Warner Brothers. And also, you know, Batman Returns is available on HBO Max, where all of the stuff is. I'm going to so, watch that tonight, probably. So, there you go. Dude, g- g- such a great rewatch. I was so much fun. Okay. We mentioned this one already, um, and we are most definitely doing an episode on it. On January 29th, 2021, we get The Little Things. Okay. It's the day after mine's birthday. <laughs> mine's birthday? Mine's birthday. Okay. Uh, the Little Things comes from John Lee Hancock. Here, Here's where I'm a little iffy. <laughs> okay. Director of The Blind Side. Saving Mr. Banks. The Highwayman, which I never watched. Oh, Woody that was, a good, Kevin that was a good one. Yeah, no, I like that. And uh, The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Huh. Okay. So, so from, a Disney guy. From that guy. Uh I don't know what to say, man. It just looks like fucking seven. Yeah. It looks you like know, seven 25 years later. You okay. know what? It, but there's that shot at the end of the trailer where Denzel is sitting there, and I'm like, dude, did he do all this? He, he did this. Like, he is the guy. Oh, there's that element. He's yeah, the killer. You're like, he's, he's obviously trying to. And again, we have said, and you better goddamn well believe this episode will be called My Money's on Leto Part yeah. 2. The right. little things review. Uh, that works. Part two. Review, but yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, literally one of our favorite jokes of 2020 to come out of this podcast was my money's on Leto. Mm-hmm. Huge misunderstanding. Go back and listen to that episode. Uh, it's great. And we were like, based on the description alone, two cops tracked down a serial killer. And we were like, it's got Denzel. Uh, Rami Malik and, and Leto. And it was like. Who's who's the murderer? Like obviously, and it was like my money's on Leto, because why not? But Rami Malek, you know, strong contender too. But it didn't occur to me until we're watching the trailer that I'm like, oh Denzel, what if Denzel did that, that shit? I and feel like, like he's this just is trying to be a he wants to twisty like, twist. Yeah, that's what I I got huge vibes from that when he's standing in that house with the trash bags. Yes, and I'm like he just wants to he wants to put it together because if it's unsolved, so many years later somebody's gonna come and figure something out and be like, wait a minute. The guy who was working this case and then retired and like became a security guard and sat in an open window diner a lot, just like the you know the equalizer. What if he did it? And that's what you're gonna find out. So his whole his whole like drive is like I gotta 
figure out how to pin this on Jared Leto. Yeah. Because, you know, it's all about that trunk space, baby. So the, the trunk space moment of the trailer is also what completely sold me on it, where it's like, I want to watch these guys go toe to toe for two hours. Well, you know please? what really yes. so, what should sell anybody on it? I, and I'm sure it's happened before. A lot of times it happens and it sucks because, like, it's not a real thing. But that thing came up at the end and it said Academy Award winner for all three. And yeah. usually you got Academy Award winner and then nominee by one of them. And yeah. it kind of sucks. But I the also fact that think probably any time you see that where it's like three Academy Award winners assembled, the movie is probably not good. <laughs> it is. That's it. It that, ends up not. That's being what good. I was. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is this, could this break the mold? And because I like, don't know. What is this like? This is going to be a tread because you. This is how you made me pick out our two by two retro view. You said it's got to be trash that was dumped in January. No, no. Let me tell you this. When I went looking for releases in January, do you know what came up under Wikipedia? What's that? Dump months. <laughs> dump that months. Dump months. That's yeah. the title that came up, and it well, went into his, detail about historically, how historically. Yeah. And I don't even know if historically, I guess I'm saying. No, it is. That like, Wikipedia article said it's historically. But I'm saying, I I don't think, I looked back at like January in the 70s. I'm like, they weren't dumping movies in January. Like the release schedule to me was not a thing maybe till more in the like mid 80s. Yeah, after I'm Jaws, thinking. after blockbusters are established. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, traditionally, January, February, that's where you put all the trash that you just couldn't make work, and you just dump it out there, and you hope people go see it, because it's early part of the year, and you hope maybe they confuse it with, like, the Oscar contenders. I don't know. Or if you are uh, or if you have insider knowledge that a pandemic's coming, and you want your movie to be the number one movie of the year, you put Bad Boys for Life out in January. You're saying they had insider knowledge? They might have. Just like that lady from Georgia, who's no longer a senator. Right? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I heard. Okay. Shall we? Move we on? shall. We, yeah. Okay, so we put it on the docket. We're definitely talking the little things. So if you have HBO Max, check that one out. End of the month, January 29th. Be a nice birthday present to myself. Yes. Uh, February 12th, two days before Valentine's Day, we get Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh. Have you seen the trailer for this? Negative. What is this about? This is about Fred Hampton. Okay. Chairman of the Illinois Black Panther yes. Party and his fateful betrayal by FBI informant. William O'Neill. Oh, fucking. Uh, now I just I'm going to tell you. I don't know if you're looking at this, but who's I'm going to tell him? you. I'm No, I'm going to tell you two actors and you tell me who's playing who. Okay. So Lakeith Stanfield's in this movie and Daniel Kaluuya is also in this movie. It's a get out reunion. A little bit, yeah. All right. I got Daniel Kaluuya playing the FBI guy. Lakeith Stanfield playing Fred Hampton. Nope. Flip, Flip it. it. Okay. Yeah. That was Lakeith is the informant. Uh, Jesse Plemons in there as well. Martin Sheen, uh, Laurel Howery. Uh, yeah, dude, it is a get out. Where's reading. Where's what's his face? Which one? The, if I could vote for Obama a third time, I would do that. That oh, dude. Bradley Woodford. Yeah, where's Martin Woodford? Sheen got the got the call instead. Mm, well, uh, and that is from director Shaka King, who I think has at least one other feature. I feel like I've heard but uh, has worked on Shrill, High Maintenance, a couple other shows. So. Uh, the trailer for this one looks fantastic. It was supposed to come out tail end of last year. <clears throat> I don't know if technically this will compete for Oscars, given the window. I'm honestly not sure. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see it. 
just based on the cast. We, I know we will definitely both watch. Oh, yeah, it, no, of course. Uh, whether or not we'll do a full-on episode, but we'll we'll definitely talk Judas and the Black Messiah again. We get that one on February twelfth. Because what I was thinking was, even if we don't do full-on episodes on these, we could definitely make them segments. Like, yeah, what's up at Warner Brothers? Boom, yeah, HBO Maxing, yeah. which is probably the title of this episode. Yeah. Okay. March fifth, we get Tom and Jerry. Don't really care. Uh, it's it's live action. They come into the real world, I believe, but they're still animated. Oh, like Space Jam. I you know I might check it out. Never possibly. been a really big fan of them. Uh, but, it's know. got Chloe Grace Moretz, Michael Pena, Rob Delaney, hmm. uh, Bobby Cannavale, Little Rel Howery again, and uh, Ken Jeong. It you know. It, it's free for a month on HBO, yeah, so might as well. maybe give it a shot. Oh, so that's what they're doing. They come out and they're free for a month and they're gone. Is that the limited release thing with yes. Max? Okay. Yeah. I got you. I didn't, well, yeah, I we never, should mention that. I never You have up 30 days to watch these right. when okay. they premiere. So you can also stagger, and it's like, I don't care about these three movies, but I do want to sign up when this one's coming out, right. et cetera. Uh, this is a crossover to my main list, which I accidentally, I was like, I don't want to put any HBO Max ones on there, but I realized I did it. Uh, March 12th, 2021, we get The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel. What? Okay. All right. Directed by Alan Taylor, who did a ton of episodes, directed a ton of episodes, and David Chase is back, uh, along with Lawrence Connor, who I think wrote a bunch of episodes as well. But yeah, it's a prequel series. It's young Tony, who's being played by... Gandolfini's son, okay. Michael Gandolfini. I've been waiting for the. It was supposed to come out last year as well, mm-hmm. and it was going to be theatrical. And it's like it is kind of weird that it like it's an HBO show, and it's like they're doing a full on movie, but it's coming out theatrical. And I was like, that's kind of really cool because normally this would be like a Deadwood movie situation right. where it just shows up on the service one day and it's just it's just there. But now, given the fact that, like, yeah, I don't think it's going to get any kind of theatrical release, but I was excited to see it in the context of, like, this is how you would watch a Scorsese movie yeah, as exactly. opposed to, like, <clears throat> it being trapped on the small screen. But regardless, I just want to see it. I rewatched, or excuse me, I didn't rewatch. I watched Sopranos for the first time, start to finish, last year. Um, and so I was primed for it because I thought we were at least going to get it. I thought year. we were getting it last year still, but, you know, they pushed. But they didn't push that far. Uh, I'm very excited. And notably, uh, Michael Gandolfini did, he was on the Deuce, uh, David Simon show. Okay. Uh, for several years, and I was like, this kid's pretty good, this kid's pretty solid. And then when they're like, yeah, he's going to play the younger version of his dead father. I was like, that alone is like, when has that ever been done, man? I'm going to be bawling my eyes out, and it's going to be so weird because it's like... <laughs> be people's heads getting shot off. There's going to be well, all this crazy also, mob shit, and you're just crying your eyes you out. You know, there's a lot of characters in this that it's, you're like, well, I know they survive, obviously. Right. You know, so what's the story going to be? Exactly. How is it going to inform? I'm very curious about it. Yeah. Returning to it after all this time. So that's the Many Saints of Newark, and we get it March fucking 12th. So excited. Hmm. All right. April 16th. So, anyways, I will be talking about that one. Yeah. I would love for you to watch it out of context. Yeah, I'll do Having that. not watched any Sopranos, and just see if you like it. Hey, and hey, then I've you watched, can have I've the unique some. experience of, of maybe it'll make you want to dive into the show, though. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could. It could happen. It could, hey. It, it could, could happen. happen. April 16th. Reminiscence. Okay. Okay. A sci-fi romantic thriller. Okay. 
uh, directed and written by Lisa Joy. She is married to the other Nolan. They do Westworld together. Oh. Um, with that gives you pause for one reason or another. Totally understandable. Uh, Westworld season one, masterful. Great stuff. Season two, huge dip. Season three, one of the worst seasons of prestige TV I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Westworld has completely gone off the rails. It's kind of a shit show. But maybe in a feature length, we'll get something different. Uh, Hugh Jackman's in here. Rebecca Ferguson and Tandy Newton from Westworld, among many other things. Sci-fi story about a scientist who discovers a way to relive your past, which he then uses to search for his lost love. Hmm. So, and you know, I I do like a good Hugh Jackman picture every once in a while. So, and again, it's free on HBO. This is this is the epitome though of like, yeah, I I'm not gonna make any effort to see this one in theaters, right? Even if it is playing near me. This one that I'm about to tell you about. Speaking of Hugh Jackman, real quick. Okay. Did you let's see speak that, of Hugh Jackman. Did you see that Deadpool three will be rated R and will be a shared universe film? They're resurrecting him. What? They're resurrecting him. Deadpool 3? No, they're resurrecting Logan. Like, why the hell does Hugh Jackman have anything to do with it? Oh, no, because you're just Logan and Deadpool 2. I just saw the announcement the other day. Ryan Reynolds put on his Instagram. I didn't know if you saw that or not. Oh, okay. You know how much I love Deadpool. So. I, yeah. Yeah. It's your best friend. Mm-hmm. This next one is actually in the midst of a legal debate right now as to whether or not it will, in fact, come out. On HBO Max. Oh. Uh, there's a couple of these, actually. Uh, but Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Because it's produced by Legendary, who mm-hmm. also have their hands on Dune. We'll get to Dune in a bit. Uh, it's in contention right now whether it, they're going to even allow it on HBO Max. They're trying to come to some sort of agreement. I don't know if it's going to be a shortened release window or what. This seems like the epitome, though, of like, I want to see this in a theater, dude. Yeah, dude, I definitely Because you, you know who's directing this, don't you? No. Oh boy, Adam Wingard. Oh my God. Yes. You're next in the yes. guest, baby. Yes. Give him a budget. Let yes. him run wild. I'm so excited. You got to make up for that terrible misdirect with the whole Blair Witch thing. Man. Yeah, dude. Uh, you got to make I, up for that. Again, I, I have given him a pass for that, which I really shouldn't have because Death Note, totally okay. Not, not bad, but not great. Yeah, he directed a Death Note movie for Netflix. You forget that, don't you? That's the anime one? Like it's, it was based it's a live-action version of the anime. Yeah, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, it's Adam Wingard. I had no idea. Yeah, man. Wow. Uh, but yeah, this one's been in the works for a bit. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen any... I didn't see Godzilla... Was it King of the Monsters? Yeah. That's the most recent one? Mm-hmm. With Millie Bobby Brown, who's also in this one. And um, uh, Dibble Chandler. See, didn't see it. Uh, but he's back. Kong Skull Island, he's right? back for this, dude. Fuck yeah, I saw Kong Skull <laughs> yeah, Island, okay. and it was amazing. That should be enough um, for you, then. You should be like, well, and cares? that's why I'm like, I'm still amped for this because I'm like, Wingard, I think will lean more towards the Kong Skull Island right. style of like that movie's just a blast, dude. Yeah, you don't even have to like that, King Kong. Another one that I watched at home and was just kicking myself the whole time. I was Me like, too. why didn't I see this in the theater? Right, it's so good. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, the Gareth Edwards. Evan, fuck, I just did it. You did it. I was going to say, nope, wrong guy. Gareth Edwards Edwards. is the Godzilla guy. Mm -hmm. Gareth Evans is the raid, and it was a fucking awesome dude. (laughs) Gareth Edwards, he's all right. Uh, 
But yeah, he did Monster. He did the first Godzilla. I don't know who did Monster. Uh, Skull Island? King of the Monsters. The King of the Monsters? And yeah, I don't know who did Skull Island off the top of my head either. But I thought Skull I, Island I really was the same guy Skull that did... Um, I thought it was Colin... What's his face? Trevorrow? That doesn't sound right. Jurassic Park. That doesn't sound right. Maybe I'm thinking of something You want to look it up? Because I got, I got this other browser yeah, sure. open. Thank you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, whether it's in a theater because it's not allowed on HBO Max, or if it does show up on HBO Max, I might rewatch it. But I'm excited for Godzilla vs. Kong. Like, why Why not? Two great tastes that taste great together? Hmm. And again, I mainly just want to see like what Adam oh. Wingard's going to do on a okay. bigger um, budget. What? Jordan... Volk Roberts, Vo- Voight, Voight yeah. Roberts, yeah, Kings of Summer, Nick Offerman, American Ham, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kong Skull Island, and yeah, he was one of those where it's like you make a little indie movie that people like, and what? and what Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah, he slayed he just, for yeah. it. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. It's pretty much every. You know, Uncharted is actually like on a list for this year, and I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it, dude. The amount of Listen, video game projects, that one in particular, that it's just like that has been kicked around for like since the first game came out, and they haven't been able to figure it out. And I'm like, it's Indiana Jones, yeah, but it's modern and it's f- fun. Fun. I wanted. I wanted to say more see, fun, but I was like, "That's not fair to Indiana Jones." No, because that's the problem. The thing with Indiana Jones that people don't remember is that, like, it doesn't matter what you do to them on screen. No one feels bad when you hurt Nazis, and when you yeah. have other bad guys that, like, may may not deserve it. May like, oh man, my kids hurt. I gotta like find this buried treasure to save my my sick kid. It kind of takes the the fun out of it, yeah. you know. But that's. I would love it if, though, if, like, that slate is, you know, like, it's you bowl has gone off to some Slavic country and made it for really cheap, and it's just terrible. But that's what we get this year. That'd be great. I would love it. That would be perfect. Mayhaps. Okay. We're, we're a little more than halfway through. Okay. Uh, June 4th, just in time for Halloween, <laughs> uh, we get The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Okay. Um, Shout out to mom. I know you're listening. Love you, mom. I know she loves the Conjuring franchise. I never made it past the first one. Um, I saw it in a theater. I was super hyped for it. And incredible. I was like, there was a lot of people, and there's a lot of people who still stand by this, that it's like one of the best modern horror movies. And it just did not do it for me. And I was like, this. so this is going to be the trend that everybody's going to now, like this is the new paranormal activity essentially, which is like going back to ghost stories again dialed down ghost stories and I was just like alright okay uh, so I never followed up I but I you know I thought it was well made yeah but it was one of those where I was like I've just seen too many I've literally seen too many because all of the beats were like people were freaking out I was like I, it's paced well but like he, he didn't get me man and I was like dude you've been making these for a while right. like do, you know, do some M. Night Shyamalan half-step and stuff where it's like, right here, right here, no, no, nope. no, no. Just to the left. <laughs> no! Yeah. Yeah. Give me some of that. Anyway. I just, I could never get into the, I mean, I don't know. I I, I believe some of them. I, I, I don't necessarily believe everything they've ever said, but just the people that course, they were talking about. I'm just kind of like, they're, okay. They're back, of course, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. Okay. This is like, this, no, like, this not is them, what just they the, do now. Do yeah. you remember Vera Farmiga? Um, the Departed. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That's the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, and it was like, oh well, dude, obviously, clearly, 
you yeah. know, she's the next next big female actress. Like they're just gonna start throwing roles at her. She's the next Tony Collette. Uh, nope, not happening. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, but no, that's I mean, it works. Um, it's just the the people they're portraying, just like in the real in real life, with their no, whole but like established their whole fictionalized universe of it at this point. Yeah, and know. I can under, I can accept that, but I just that's why I didn't get into the first one. Was yeah. just like, oh, it's the Amityville people. All right, cool. That's that's yeah. all you needed to tell me. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Um, but yeah, again, I know Mom will be excited to watch. No, it. I'm sure. And I do. It's one of those. I'm like every October. I'm like, is this the year? Is this, this the year, year I'm going to get into the Conjuring? All of the Conjuring movies yeah. that I've never seen. Yeah. Because um, it's a whole thing now. And like, Just like the Purge. Insidious. I, dude, there's a couple Purges I've missed out on. There's I've a, missed a couple Purges. There's a there's a Purge. The Forever Purge was supposed to come out last year. Well, and I know, I don't know if it's t- on that list or not. There's a TV but... series too, dude. It's just yeah, too much to keep up yeah. with. Okay. So, yeah, you might hear. Again, I will probably... I would love to say, oh, I'll save that one for October, but again, you only get these for a month. So, like, right. honestly, I'm probably I'm probably gonna watch this Conjuring out of context and just see, see what's happening, see how it goes. Again, you, like you said, it's free; it's there for yeah. you. Just do it. Okay, June 18th, we get In the Heights. This is based on the Lin Manuel Miranda musical that is not Hamilton. Oh. Uh, directed by John M. Chu. I think he did Crazy Rich Asians, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge musical guy, but given how much I did enjoy Hamilton, I'm going to watch this. Trailer 4 looks pretty solid, so hmm. here we go. Uh, In the Heights is June 18th, so yeah, you'll probably hear a little something about it. July 16th, though. Space Jam. Oh, yeah. A New Legacy. Yes. Movie Sounds Wild, another one that's been in the works for, like, a long time. They've been trying to, like, how do we sequelize this? And it only took them two decades. Uh, we, yeah, we're going to watch who, it. We're going to yeah, talk about it. Yeah, who's going to be, but who's who's in it? It's LeBron. That's what I thought. Yeah, LeBron's the new Michael. Um, and nobody's arguing. Oh, like, no, dude. Who would argue if, no, that? dude. What if, what if, like, what if somehow. Well, that's why. No, this dude, season. this is oh, my pitch. Oh, okay. I hope this is what I oh. hope. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow DeVito captures Michael right after he gets done taping the last dance stuff, drags him to Moron Mountain, and guess what? Who's got to go save him? Dude. It's a battle for Michael and Michael's soul, and LeBron is the only other player on the planet. That would be incredible. That that would be amazing. If if they could actually get him to sign off on that. But you do realize, like, to get him to appear in another Space Jam... It would probably be like the most expensive movie ever made to have him do a cameo right. at this point. So, Like, you think Michael Bay is bad. <laughs> Jordan, yeah. yeah. Obviously, we're going to watch it. I mean, of course. Huge history with the first one. Right. Changed our lives it in just, so many ways. It just, it's so weird to say the first one with that, you know, because it's like... I know. It isn't the first. It's just Space Jam, but yeah. like the idea there's going to be another one, it, that's fucking wild. Man. Uh, speaking of movies that it's like... Oh wait, did did we do this already? The Suicide Squad. Oh dude, I can't wait for that. I am so in. I'm I'm totally there. My only concern, and I I know he's good at juggling ensembles. There's a lot of fucking yes. people in this movie. That's and what I'm. That that's where I'm. Have like, you? But have you watched any of the behind the scenes? I've watched the the character trailers and stuff. Well, no, yeah. like the what he has done, the amount of attention to detail, everything he's done to make that dude. I think it's in perfect hands. Like I get the whole Dude, like. No, I trust. I, me, I'm ready trust for me. it. At the very like, 
I can say this, sight unseen, having not seen like a full trailer or anything. This movie will be like Citizen Kane compared to the first Suicide right. Squad. I know that's your boy. I know that's one of your boys. I'm so sorry. Who? David Ayer. Eh. <laughs> not really. You seen The Tax Collector yet, by the way? I'm waiting for it to come to streaming. <laughs> Don't play. I'm Jesus waiting for it to come to streaming. I was okay. not going to pay for it out of respect for but you. But it will literally, I mean, it will trash that movie. Oh, yeah, Just because James Gunn is a far better director. Just period. Just the he soundtrack is. alone. I, now, again, I love End of Watch, and I think that's about it. I'm trying to think of the other David Ayer movies. Hang on, I'll, I'll find them. We don't have to go through this. We really don't have to. <laughs> Let's just finish this list. Harsh Times, perfect example, where I was like, dude, it's Christian Bale. Like, of course this is going to be great. And I was like, what the fuck happened, man? Tim and Freddie Rodriguez, you remember that one? Dude, I love that movie. He's the first one to do that, to do that white boy. Very different definitions of love. Um, I would probably rewatch it. I've watched it like three times. Please. My favorite uh, bit is when he does the like. Oh yeah, Fury. Eh. I still have never seen Fury. Admittedly, but I don't even know know if he directed that. that, So he did direct Fury. Well, because yeah, but I just didn't. It didn't occur to me because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. Can we get back to the the Suicide Squad? Sure. Just to remind people how many fucking people are in this movie. Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Peter Capaldi, Viola Davis, Jai Courtney, Alice Braga, Pete Davidson, Taika Waititi, Nathan Fillion, Storm Reid, Steve Agee, and of course Sean Gunn. You can't make a James Gunn movie without a Sean Gunn. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's the... Slightly revamped slash sequel reboot. I don't know what of it, su- of Suicide Squad from a couple looks, years ago, which was a movie that again, based on the trailers, oh my god, this is gonna be like the best DC movie yet, and was literally one of the worst superhero movies I have ever seen. It's pretty much trash. But was it better than Wonder Woman eighty four? See, and that's where you all yeah. of a sudden make me go like, do I hate Wonder Woman 84? <laughs> yeah, like, do like, I feel that strongly about it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll give you this. Um, from what I've seen of this. We're definitely going to talk Suicide Squad. I mean, I want to try 6. and see it in theaters if I can. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, we're, they're already, I mean, if you're listening to this in real time a couple of days ago, but I don't know when you're going to put it out, but they've already said like the next round of vaccines, we're not holding back. We're going to give them to. People who are going to be like quick, get the quick. Full so like, hopefully, yes. hopefully by at least summertime, the big three decide. All right, we'll hopefully have some limited. By summertime, re- the living will be slightly easy. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Rodney will be on the microphone um, <laughs> with Ross MG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll be a hot town somewhere in the city. <laughs> Back of my net. Net back of my <laughs> net, net the back of my neck, <laughs> dirt and gritty. Uh, do you know the Love and Spoonful came to Sumter like yeah. last year? I do. I love those bands. They're just like we just play county fairs now, <laughs> yeah, we and just, we're totally happy with our lives. Yep. It's like, yeah, you guys are doing it, man. You're still doing it. I saw. You must really love music. Like, I saw the Guess Who. Yeah, no bullshit. I saw the fucking who, like the one guy who's still alive. And a bunch of other guys, maybe relatives. I saw the fucking guess who at a county fair around here. Like two yeah. two or three years Shit ago. Shit was wild, man. Yeah, dude. Okay. We're almost done. October 1st. Dude. 
finally. Again. The spice must flow. Again, in contention right now because it's a legendary release. Regardless, this is a see it in the theater, man. We're, we saw Blade Runner together, and we will see this together. Right. But I'm also going to force you, either before or after, to fucking watch David Lynch's Dune. I've watched David Lynch's Dune twice. Okay. On my own accord. Yeah, but you could like barely talk about it when we try to record those episodes. So you're gonna have to watch it again. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, "There's Harkonnens." He explains it's Game of everything Thrones. to you. That's I know. the thing that people have an issue with is that it's so expositional. It's not hard to follow. You just gotta stick with it. Right. It's a lot, but it's it's all there. Right. It all tracks. And again, I'm not trying to like preemptively shit on this movie, but go on YouTube and watch the side by side trailer comparison. Of David Lynch's Dune versus Denny Villeneuve's. And tell me which movie you want to see more. Okay. I'm just saying. Fair enough. All of the aesthetic and design choices of Lynch, comparatively speaking, where I'm just like, the first trailer, and people were amped on it, and I was like, why is this so fucking washed out? Where's the, like... Why is that it that gray, oppressive right. future? Like, why the fuck does it have to look like this? But I know we're not seeing everything, but then go look at David Lynch's dude, dude. It looks insane. It's so much fun. And I guarantee you, nobody in this new one will be giving performances nearly as interesting as every single individual actor oh, yeah, no. in David Lynch's dude. Who are all captivating in their own unique ways. And I love Stellan Skarsgård. Trust me. But there's no way he's going to hold a candle as Harkonnen, dude. That guy in the original? Fucking wild. spit in your face just a little bit. (laughs) That shit? Yes. Dude. That shit, yeah. One of the grossest um, (laughs) human beings in a movie I've ever seen. Uh, And so great at it. Okay. We're going to watch it, obviously. obviously. We're excited. Yeah. October 1st, uh, old Chalamet, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Skellen Skarsgård, as mentioned, Stellan, excuse me, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Zendaya is in there, uh, Jason Momoa. I was going to say, you don't forget Momoa. Javier Bardem. Okay. Oh, I for, yeah. I forgot you know, about no him big in that deal. first trailer. Great cast. Yeah, Still would argue the Lynch stacked. cast is yeah. uh, better, but you know, whatever. We don't have to get into it now. We can have this debate as soon as the movie comes out. All right, what else you the, got? I'm just saying, the funny thing to me is, like, even he would be like, I'm, I don't even like that one. Like, it's my worst, but he, like, disowns it. Yeah. He would be like, what? No, I'm sure this other one's going to be way better. Yeah, please He go also on. said there's no fucking way he'll watch it because just thinking about Dune is so painful because <laughs> he's like... <laughs> I did not get. To There's play, not enough amount of like do. transcendental meditation he can do to chill out after having yeah. to watch it. Yeah, I get it. And I also think he like specifically doesn't want to watch it because it's like, well, then you have to like fucking deal with everybody asking you like mm-hmm. your take on it for the next year of interviews. Right. You should just be like, no, I'm not going to see it, so you can't ask me about it and leave me alone. Uh, November nineteenth, we have a a true story drama called mm-hmm. King Richard. Interesting. Stars Will Smith, John Bernthal, Dylan McDermott, and Dermot Mulrooney. What? Just in the mo- oh, Just damn kidding. it, no. 
<laughs> Dude, the world will explode if they. Yeah, they def- can't be. In they've a movie. definitely been in a movie together. I they don't think have they to. have, man. I don't know. We should do that cast. Unless somehow Dylan McDermott was in Young Guns, I don't think that's happened. I don't know. Uh, Tony Goldwyn is in here though. <gasps> Carl. For reals, Carl. Carl from Ghosts. Yeah, this dude looks like Carl from Ghosts. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh man, love you, Brendan. Okay. <laughs> What's it about, you man? Yeah, I want to know, because it doesn't sound like anybody would from the King Richard I'm thinking of. It's about Richard Williams, father of Venus and Serena. Oh, okay. Played by Will Smith. Okay. King Richard. Because you know he was a a tough motherfucker. Of course. I don't even know that much about their backstory. But I do know that this guy was like... he like wasn't Joe Jackson level fist, I believe. Not, I don't even, I don't know about abuse or anything like that. No, I'm just saying. Like, no, I'm just like he, mold, term- he made them into right the athletes that they are essentially through rigorous training and work right. ethic and all of that. And it probably got a little intense at times, etc. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's all Will Smith's Oscar play for huh. next year. Yeah, and I'm weirdly way more excited about this one than like I didn't see Concussion. Um. What Gemini Man. Other? I still haven't seen Gemini Man. Uh, I didn't see yeah. that one with him and Margot Robbie I wanted to see. That looked and good. Now, and I've heard Focus, the movie you're referring to, uh-huh. is really good. That's what I have. That's what so. everybody said. It was like, it's pretty good. I'm like, all right, well, mm-hmm. I guess I got to see it. Maybe we should check it out at some point. Yeah. Okay, I think, is this the last one on the list? Oh, we have a few, uh, we don't know when these are happening. Uh, okay, but the last one that we do have marked... Which is not in contention as far as I know. Still so crazy to me that this is even a thing. December 22nd. And I also feel like this is a placeholder title. The Matrix 4. Huh. Yeah. It's gotta have a subtitle, right? You don't just go from Reloaded to Revolutions to 4. I'm convinced it'll be called something different. Um, Reboot? (laughs) The Matrix rebooted? I don't know. Rebooted makes sense, except... You know, everybody's back except for, um, we don't have Fishburne, you know? I mean, he said all he needs to say. He's done all he needs to do. I mean, yeah, and he, is he dead by the third one? No. I mean, He's technically alive. Keanu is as far as we, I, I don't know, I gotta rewatch him <laughs> for yeah. sure. But, uh, notably, Lily is not involved with this one, it's just Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like that was probably like, one of them was really excited for like, hey, you know, Warner Brothers wants us, just giving us another crack at the Matrix, and Lily was probably like, you know what, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you go have fun. You yeah, go go for it. Yeah, because notably, come... I think this is like one of the first times that they have not worked as a pair. But didn't they come out? I thought I read something where they were basically like, yeah, this is totally like a a metaphor for like being trans and trying to come out. Not, I just I yeah. didn't know if they, I I. Yeah, no, that all came out. Okay, like, I mean, it makes sense. The last I, year and it, a half, or something. yeah, and but yeah. it makes sense, and like I can totally see it now. You well, know. and it's also trying to reclaim that narrative because it's like the whole red pillification, all of that shit. That it's just like, why do people have to completely take like the the absolute wrong antithesis meaning of a movie? It's like with Fight Club or something, where it's like, you guys didn't get it. Nope, you didn't get it at all. Okay. Um, but yeah, obviously fucking amped, dude. There's yeah. a fourth matrix. I, like, where would you even go on, dude? I don't know. All I know is Keanu has his, like 
his long hair in it. Hmm. I saw them on set photos, and I'm like, okay, he looks like John Wick with a ponytail. Um, I'm here for it. I hope he's essentially the new. Um, he's the new Morpheus. Like he's just waking people up. Well, you but know, we don't. Uh, well, you know, see, the thing is, is like the whole thing in the, the the revolution one was like, oh, you think this has happened? That you think this, this is happened. brand new? Yeah, this this, this has happened cycle. plenty of times before. Yeah. It's going to happen again. So, like, um, okay, I get it. So you're basically telling me now that like all the events of this, this, you know, the it's already predetermined. They know that like this happens every couple of years, yeah. every couple of decades. So, so. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I had no idea that was going No out. Larry Fishburne, no Hugo Weaving, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but here, new people, we got Yaya, Abdul okay. Mateen, big fan, big fan from Watchmen, and Candyman, which we'll be getting at some point this year, finally. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, NPH is in this. Ooh. Uh, Jonathan Groff from uh, Mindhunters in here as well. Okay. Jessica Henwick, uh, Priyanka Chopra. Yep, and it's uh, under support. Unsurprisingly, excuse me, there are literally no details about this shit. Like, I feel like we're just gonna get a trailer dropped on us sometime in the summer. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm I'm amped, dude. I'm way more fond of those sequels, I think, than most people are. No, I and, I mean I pre- and you know what I appreciate that people forget probably is that you know when you go into see Reloaded, you have a trailer that's like, oh, in six months you're gonna have the the end of this. Not like a Marvel of like, hey, come back for Endgame. To my knowledge, the only movie that has ever ended with to be concluded, which right. I thought was the coolest thing yes. ever. Yes, yeah, I don't. Except th- I can't now, think it's not concluded. Right <laughs> now, that that does not play quite as well. Okay, so now we are into uncharted territory. These are all to be announced. Okay, but they are slated for twenty twenty one. We got that Mortal Kombat movie, man. I'm ready for. I it. Haven't seen a frame from it. But me neither. I'm I'm open to it. We're big fans of uh, of both of the previous theatrical outings, uh, ironically with Annihilation, but genuinely for the first one. Right. I mean, hey, there was a time where you did love okay. W.S. Anderson. So, it's, it's true. Uh, so James Wan is not directing the con- new Conjuring, but he has a new horror movie on his hands. It's called Malignant. Okay. And this isn't. Mysterious original horror film from the mind of Conjuring creator James Wan. No details. Uh, I thought this was a another Saul iteration thing. Malignant? I think you're thinking of Spiral, which is from the Book of Saul. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, which James Wan has nothing to do with. Okay. It's just like a hard reboot. Also a movie that's like, can we remake 7 25 years later? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, okay. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead... It's the latest from Taylor Sheridan. He did, uh, is it Hell or High Water mm-hmm. and Wind River? I like him pretty pretty good, so we'll give it a shot. Uh, Angelina Jolie's in there, John Bernthal again, Nicholas Holt, Tyler Perry, Aiden Gillen, and Jake Weber from uh, Medium. You remember Medium? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> what well, you are, So those yeah. are all, you know, those are. Okay. I gotta Probably tell you not. this. Okay, hurry up, dude. I'm trying I'm, to finish this. I've list. never been There's one more. All right, left, tell me way. that, and then I'll tell you what I want to tell you. Okay. You'll be proud of We're me. We're definitely doing this one. Don't know when it comes out. Directed and starring 
Clint Eastwood. Ooh. We, we haven't talked to an Eastwood movie in a long time. I think I've missed the last. I did watch Richard Jewell, but I never saw Sully. And I think there was one before that that I missed, too. You didn't watch The Mule? No, I didn't watch The, the Mule. The Mule is so good. <laughs> I know people love The Mule. Dude, it's a superhero you're gonna, movie. You're going to be all over this one. Um, based on the book of the same name, I won't name it yet, follows a one-time rodeo star and horse breeder who sets out to retrieve a young man's son from his alcoholic mother and on the journey back forms a kinship with the young boy. The movie's called Cry Macho. And, hmm. you know, I thought he said he was done after the mule. Me too. This motherfucker. I thought he said but he was done after, like, way is, before that. He's retired so many times already. Right. He's in his 90s. If this is not... Dude, I remember when we thought Gran Torino was like, that's I thought it. he said that's what he was that's done after it. Gran Torino. Yeah, and he's directed like four or five more movies right. since then. See, and then um, people are like, oh, maybe he's done acting after Gran Torino. And then, of course, no, he wasn't. So... I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. But we will definitely, um, we'll talk about Cry Macho whenever it comes out. Yeah. We may make that a family affair where we all go watch it on HBO Max together. Yeah. I just remember the the few uniting factors with... Clint Eastwood unites our family. Yes, weirdly. Weirdly. Uh, That's the slate. What did you want to tell me? Just, you ask about that show Medium and I was like, (laughs) you know what I did... I've never watched an episode, but I read the descriptions of Felicity season two that was in your <laughs> oh, box. Oh, because I gave I love that it was just, yeah, the second just season. Just season two. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, I might have missed something with that show. I think I need to go check it out. You know that's J.J. Abrams. It is, yes. And that's one of the things I missed. But even if he didn't write everyone, whoever wrote the descriptions on there, perfect, man. <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm like, do I want to sell it? Intrigued. Do I want to? Yeah, very intrigued. You're like, should I just look on any streaming service? Because I'm sure somebody has Felicity. I'm sure. The seasons. Well, right I don't now think I just you need, need to keep the physical. Well, no, right now I just need season one. I've got two, and then I can figure <laughs> out whatever comes afterwards later. But yeah, I was. You, you are aware there's uh, 13 seasons of that show. Right? What? I'm totally kidding. Okay. Did they get canceled <laughs> after she like changed her hair or that something? That was the second season, sophomore year. She cuts her hair. <laughs> You mean you sound like a yeah no I again just, stuff that is buried in my brain that I'm just like guys can we dump this and make room for anything else I've never watched a second of Felicity why do I know like because it was that such JJ a, had anything to do listen, with it, that she cut her hair well, that like, Scott Foley was on that show <laughs> why do I need to and the other that? one the Scott Speedman from the the Underworld movies he was in this on it too um, they had two Scotts. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like Scott Speedman. Maybe it's maybe Scott I'm... Foley. Scott Foley, the bad guy from Scream Three. Yes. Yeah. Roman. Yeah, Scott Speedman, the guy from the Underworld movies. I'm telling you, it... they're both in there. Yes. Or one of them. <laughs> both of them. Okay. He's on the cover. So two Scotts, motherfucker. That's what I just said. Are you mad that they took our show name? Is that what you're trying to? Should they call it two Scotts? <laughs> two Scotts. My name is Scott Lake, the tissue. Yeah, that's that? that's Scott Speedman, is it not? The younger man? Oh, yeah, it's both of them. Yeah, I told you it's both of them. I'm surprised they didn't make him like, hey. One of you's got to change your name. Sag rules. <laughs> what are you There's four seasons, Noah. There's four seasons of Felicity. And Good this man. was one of those that came out. It was such a big deal because, like, it was in the zeitgeist. People talked about it. Like, oh, my God, you, she, she cut her hair. And I'm like, if that happened now, we would know when she cut her hair because of social media 
And people would be buzzing, what's it for? Not, oh my God, she cut her hair on this season of television. It's like, it's so weird how stuff like that permeates because like, I remember that. And when I read it, Felicity cuts her hair to shed this. I'm like, oh, this is when it happened. Like, I was so excited. just gone and watched that episode, (laughs) removed of all context. That would have been amazing. Okay. You know what mom's been doing? Yes. Mom's been sending me screenshots of famous actors in ER episodes. As she watches, she sent me Jessica Chastain a day ago. Yeah. She's like, oh, look who else I found. Aaron Paul. I'm like, oh. She's rewatching ER. I guess. The, I, I think wish she would have told me when she started, because that would have been fun to do in parallel. Yeah, just to call her up. We should have called her up and checked in on her, like, in the episode. Like, so what'd you watch? What episode did you watch? Because I told that's him, like, like, the only drama that's that long from that era that I would ever go back to. Yeah. Just because it's all in there. Yeah. When they used to run it on TNT. Oh, dude. Like, you could track when they restarted because you're like, oh, wait. Okay. Lucy just showed up. All right. We've got some time. Oh, dude. And then you're like, wait a minute. There's a party. There's a Halloween party. Uh oh. They would show them in the mornings usually. Right. And then I think maybe there were some in the evenings as well. But I would always like, oh, we're getting close to the, the fucking party episode. Yeah. The new, is it New Year's when that goes down? It's Halloween. It's a Halloween party. Because isn't it Crumholtz? Crumholtz stabs her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wicked dude, and then just, like that's that whole storyline has ramifications for like the rest of the show. Like two more seasons, two seasons later, they bring him back. That like, oh, he shouldn't have been charged. He's a schizo, and like Carter. I remember like he goes in, he's like, oh god, he takes a pain pill, but then goes and throws it up, and then he goes and tells what's her face, hey, I did it, I gotta go. Like I, I gotta get out. I'm like, this, this is this finale payoff is paying dividends two years yeah. down the road, dude. It's that David E. Kelly magic, man. What are you gonna do? Okay. Get your heart out, Grey's Anatomy. Sorry. Never seen an episode. Me neither, Not going to shit on Me Grey's. neither. Don't want to piss off the Grey heads. <laughs> the Sha- what do they call them? What are Shonda Rhimes people? Oh, I don't know. I call them Lost in the Sauce. Because they oh, just, okay. they, they, get, right. they get wrapped up in everything Shonda does. Gotcha. And just, they, they go with it. Which I, God bless them. Because that woman can write some television. I'll give her that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've, I made a brief list. Okay. And I... Here's the weird thing is I don't have the dates because I was just throwing them together because I thought you were doing lists as well. No, just give me I was going to tell you something I'm excited about. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we got a movie called Rebel Ridge. Okay. This was my, if I'm doing them in order, this is my number 10. No release date yet, but it is in post-production. Thinking we'll finally get it this year. Rebel Ridge is the latest from Jeremy Saulnier. Oh, okay. Um, looking for a strong comeback after... Being a slightly underwhelmed by Hold the Dark, but absolutely love Blue Ruin. Green Room is a masterpiece. His new one... Blue Ruin. We talked about this briefly. What? Blue Ruin. That's where he kills the dude. And, <laughs> Such an excellent he, plot description of so many movies. And then he what? cuts his hair, and like he's on the run, a, and he goes back to his it's sister. It's a revenge movie that starts with right. the execution yeah, yeah. I saw, of yeah, the revenge, that and shit, then is all yeah. about the fallout afterwards yeah. as opposed to building to it yeah it's, dude the shit at the end when he was like in the house with them can we not literally not that many people have seen that movie <laughs> why do you have to jump to the ending jesus christ I, I, i'm being vague as possible man all right this is a high velocity rebel ridge to be specific is a high velocity thriller that explores systematic american injustice through bone-breaking action sequences suspense and dark humor 
We talked about this briefly on a previous episode. I know we did because I gave you that exact description. James Cromwell's in this movie. James Badge Dale. Uh, yeah, okay. That Don name. Johnson. Yes. And John Boyega. Yeah. Okay. I'm pumped. I hope it's good. We don't have a date yet. Okay. Also don't have a date for No Sudden Move. It's the latest from one of my favorites. We don't talk about him enough uh, on our end of things. I don't even know how you feel about the guy. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, hardest working man in uh, in movies, <laughs> hardest working director. I thought in movies. he was done. I thought he was done a while back too. Didn't no. didn't somebody say like yeah. after this he was done? He's probably said it a couple of times, but okay. no, he'll never quit. Can't do it. Can't step away. No sudden move. A group of criminals that are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways. You know, a kind of whatever description, right? Listen to this lineup, buddy. Matt Damon. Ooh. Brendan Fraser. What? Who's going to have a bit of a comeback this year. The Fraser Sants. Write it down. He's also in the new Aronofsky movie called The Whale about a 600-pound man who cannot leave his home. They made that already with Leonardo DiCaprio. The aviator? No. Where are you going What's with eating this Gilbert joke? Grape? His mom couldn't leave her house. I'm just a joke, dude. Come on. Really? Um, you're spoiling one of my rewatches. <laughs> okay. You piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, Noah Jupe, up and comers and Honey Boy, The Undoing. Yeah. I like uh, him. Kieran Culkin. Maybe my favorite Culkin now, weird to say. I don't know if you've watched Succession. I have not watched it, but I've been around while episodes are on, and I'm like, oh, I like him. I mean, I already was, like, in love with him after Scott Pilgrim. But Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, just to let you well, know. Let me, let me finish this cast. Excuse yes. me. Uh, John Hamm. Okay. Don Draper himself. Yes. David Harbour. Benicio Del Toro. Say no more. But I will. Please. I said Benicio Del Toro. Did you catch that? I did. Ray Liotta. Don Cheadle. Julia Fox from Uncut Gems. Where are Brad and George? Where are Brad and George, Noah? Amy Simons, who directed one of my favorite movies of last year. She dies tomorrow. I I saved the big gun for last. Fucking Bill Dukes in this movie. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? Yeah, dude. Remind tell me, me don't to, want to see you, that immediately. T- remind me to re- to tell you Bill Duke in one of my rewatches. I think you'll appreciate. Hell it. yeah, dude! No, it's not a rewatch. It's a first. Excuse oh, okay. me. Um, if you did not watch High Flying Bird, which is still available on Netflix, it'll be there forever. Uh, it was one of two Soderbergh. He's done three. No, yeah, one of two Soderbergh movies that he's done for Netflix. Um, fantastic. It's got Andre Royo from Moonlight and uh, Castle Rock. I don't know if you ever watched Castle Rock. But Bill Duke is in it, and just he has like two or three scenes, and just just kills the whole time, dude. Just every second he's on screen, you're just like, this guy's a fucking like, what a what an actor, dude. Yeah. I love Bill Duke. Okay, so that's no sudden move. Again, no release date. Just pumped for it. Now we're getting into ones I think I have release dates for on most of this. Uh, my number. Seven most anticipated, or my number eight rather, is called The Killing of Two Lovers. Okay, slated for February 23rd right now. I think this is going to be a VOD kind of day and date thing. It's technically a 2020 movie, 
again, I don't know if this will play for awards consideration, not really sure. Uh, really didn't know much about it other than the title sounded interesting. I kept seeing it on release date slides. And then I went and watched the trailer, and I was like, this feels like it was made for me. Um, I'm so, so in for it already. Great trailer. Go check it out. David desperately tries to keep his family of six together during a separation from his wife. They both agree to see other people, but David struggles to grapple with his wife's new relationship. Hmm. And the movie is called, again, The Killing of Two Lovers. Okay. <laughs> um, here's the thing, and the thing I keep seeing in all of the reviews, because I believe it played Sundance, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is, oh, by the way, this is a neon release. Again, neon a twenty, a twenty four neons coming for you. That's all I'm Ugh. saying, dude. Every okay. new neon movie, I'm just like, dude, fucking injected into my veins. Uh, yeah, watch the trailer for this one. I think you will be like, what? It's it's one of those. I cannot wait. Okay. Uh, it's the killing of two lovers, and we supposedly get it at the end of February. Okay. Many Saints of Newark already mentioned. It's gonna be an HBO Maxer. That yeah, moving right along. To last night in Soho. Ooh. This was on my most anticipated last year. Yeah. This is the new Edgar Wright, starring mm-hmm. Anya Taylor Joy, Matt Smith, Thomas M. McKenzie, uh, the great Diana Rigg, Terrence Stamp, a bunch of other people. Um, a young girl, passionate about fashion design, is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to fall apart. With shady consequences. Hmm. It's fucking Edgar Wright, man. A literally unbroken streak. Dude has not made a bad movie nope. his entire career. Um, and I'm sure it will remain unbroken. Um, the Anya Taylor-Joy love is at an all-time high post-Queen's Gambit. I cannot wait for this one. Still disappointing it last year. Uh, April 23rd is the slated date. And again, I don't know if that's got, you know... Theaters, I guess. BOD, I don't know. Some of these are still up in the air. One that is still up in the air was supposed to come out like a couple months before the pandemic hit. Or excuse me, supposed to come out in March or April, I think. Mm-hmm. The French Dispatch from yeah. a boy Wes Anderson. Where is it? What happened to it? Please, please tell me where I can see it. Like, oh, come on, man. We don't have to reiterate that one. It's pretty much, hey, uh, every every person that you love that's in his movies, and then he added ten more. That's that's what happened with this one. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's in the same can that Chuck Hake and the San Diego Twins. Shut did. up, dude. Will you let me do a list? Do will you let me finish one list? <laughs> okay, finish one list. Let me fucking finish one. List. <laughs> is that what? Is that a big surprise? Did I just spoil something? No, not necessarily. Uh, but it was, you know, my number one. Most anticipated movie because we are it's everybody it this year. We are Noah it's happening. Noah, if Dude, I you can... haven't seen the updates, I don't know if you follow Evan Glodell on Instagram. He's back in. Dude, it's happening. I'm. I know. I told you September, and you were like, I don't. Well, baby, that's why I'm not saying a word to you until it's out. I'm not saying anything else about it, but it is still my most anticipated movie. Um, and it has been for what. The la- when did Bellflower come out? Is that 2009? I'm going to naked eyes you no, right now. No, 2011. Excuse me. 
When was what? I'm gonna naked eyes you right now. You made me promises, promises, <laughs> and it hasn't happened. So don't make them again if you can't I'm not, deliver. I'm not making promises. Okay, promises. all right. Okay, I'm not making promises, promises, but it is coming out this year. Therefore, it is my most anticipated. Okay, it better. Okay, this one I put it high on my list. It's my number four most anticipated. But this is a true up in the air. When it happens, it happens. But I am fingers crossed that 2021 is the year that we finally get. How do you live? The latest from Hayao Miyazaki. Okay. He's been working on it for quite a while. The man is 80. Just had his 80th birthday a couple days ago. Um, I would like for him to finish this and not, not have to have it finished posthumously. I also hope that like he somehow lives to be 120 because he's the greatest. He's he's the fucking best. So. You know, good diet. He stays active. It could happen. I no, think he could we, definitely we make it. We all know it. that it's the sake from the mountains that does it. Do you know that Dad's buddy Ace yeah, is still alive another, and kicking? No question. That's like, so he's perfect. wild to me to think about. Yes, but like, so how old is Ace? Ace was sixty when we were there, and so, we were kids. So he's got to be almost ninety, if not ninety-five. Yeah, he's up that, there. That gives me hope. Shout out to Ace. That would be so cool. He's still alive he and kicking. Listening. I promise you. Um, that's incredible. Him and uh, uh, but I think Dad's I think Tony. this might be the year. They they are always very careful to not like set a date. They're just like it's finished when it's finished. Whenever he says yeah, it's finished, course. it's finished. Um, but he they did they've gotten more active on social media because they're on HBO Max now. They're becoming more international. Mm-hmm. People, there's people that are still discovering them for the first time. So Ghibli has just has a bigger presence right now. And they literally said they were like. Um, Miyazaki's birthday he's doing well thank you for inquiring like no COVID don't worry about it and he is working every single day on how do you live which is literally about a young boy learning how the fuck do you live life which is just like and I think it's the one still that exists from it right now I'm like if the whole movie looks like this I'm God, can't wait so pumped that's my number four most anticipated Another one that has no date right now, but it is in post. Uh, the Souvenir Part 2. Souvenir was my number two movie two years ago, I believe. I think so. Okay. So that would have been 2018. Right? Right. Or 2019. 2019, if we're doing two years ago. Oh, God damn it. I gotta look it up. Sorry for all the cursing. <laughs> It was 2019. Yeah. Uh, souvenir. Amazing movie. Joanna Hogg uh, is her follow-up to it. It's the continuing adventure of the character from The Souvenir. Uh, go back and listen to that episode. Go watch that movie. I think it's still on Amazon Prime for free. Um, it's incredible. It's one that, again, I will remind people, like, you'll hear me rant and rave about it if you listen to any prior episodes. It may not hit you in the same way, but one of those that I was, like, did not expect for this to just, like burrow deep into my soul but it completely did so i am i can't wait for part two again it's in post another movie we know is shot and i believe in the can don't know how long the editing process is going to be this is my second most anticipated i already said chuck hank so technically this is the last one that we'll discuss right now it's known as soggy bottom definitely think that title is going to change it's the new pta movie Hmm. it's set in the 70s in california bradley cooper's in it 
and and another father son uh, switcheroo like we talked about with many saints of Newark um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son oh. is going to be playing the lead character from what I understand and hmm. of course that was kind of his muse so the fact that his kid is now part of the oeuvre I, I, I'm really intrigued hmm. but yeah seen some footage of them filming uh during the pandemic i think this one was pretty much entirely shot during the pandemic uh but yeah theoretically i think we get this one as a fall fall release and it you know anytime he makes a movie it's like okay is this oscar is it oscar contention time or is this going to be an inherent vice where it's like well you know some people love it some people hate it but it's not a it's not an awards movie right and Based on the description, sounds like way more of a chill, more back in the direction of Inherent Vice, mm-hmm. uh, less Phantom Thready. Uh, but I love all the shades of PTA, so there you go. So yeah, technically, because again, we know Chuck Hank is happening. We Soggy so. Bottom is my is my most anticipated. I will believe Chuck Hank when I see it. Yeah. Uh, okay. We did the HBO Max slate. We got some ones we're definitely going to talk about. Mm-hmm. We did that. Now, now, tell me what you've been watching. An hour and twenty minutes. Into this yeah. Episode. Okay. <laughs> um. So I got uh I got two. I got two new ones. There are three. Uh, we're talking movies or television. Uh, no, you no, want to no, do some TV? No television. I haven't really watched any television. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. Five. I got six new ones. They're not brand new, but they're new to me. Okay. And I got a couple of like um, my re my main rewatch, Karate Kid Part Two. Oh yeah, my it's on re- my list as well. Another main rewatch, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Hell yeah! Just I watched it at some point. Again, quarantine's a complete blur. Um, yeah. I watched it at some point last year. Yeah, it was. It was just it was up there. I watched great. the first one. Yeah, uh, it's on H- it's on HBO Max. That the best third movie in a franchise yes. ever. That's I said it to myself as I was watching it. I wonder. I can't think of a. I can't think I of a better one. What other? Please third, throw one out at me. But I, I can't. What third movie outdoes the other two? I mean, some people might fight you for saying that. I definitely. As a, see, this, this is, was another. This was another one similar to an oceans sort of situation. I definitely watched Die Hard with a Vengeance on VHS for like probably years. Yeah. Yeah, probably like a year straight. Just like I'm See, gonna throw this on as I'm this, laying down. And this is what I was thinking about it throughout the week. I think that Die Hard movies work best when they are not. There's no source material because nothing lasts forever. The book, obviously, is the original Die Hard, and then the second one, which I went back and watched and. Taking it out of the second, I I enjoy the second one every time I go back to oh, it I more like, and more. I like more and more. all of them except for a good the day fifth one, yeah, which is right. horrible, right? And that just, which is just yeah. atrocious. No, it's the worst. But but yeah, we even like Live Free or Die Hard, which a lot of people were kind of lukewarm on. But in right. the theater with, but Mom, it's not. It but but again, both of those like that and Vengeance are not Die Hard movies. They are always start out as something else. That, yeah. And then they become this. And I think they did that for the fifth one as well. And it's just like, you guys just picked a bad script. Right, like, yeah. You it's picked like, like a Liam Neeson 
Yeah, no. If you, movie, if that's basically. Liam Neeson in doing that, then it's a complete. It's, and it's, it would be better, arguably. and it would come out in January. But it's the fact that it's John McClane. You're just like this does not. No, it one doesn't. Plus one does not equal two here. What's no. going on? And again, he's best when he's played against. There's no one for him to play against. That's it. Yeah. Because it's his son. There's no comedic angle. Like you got the Justin Long, and then you See, got the Sam Jackson, who's like you know. The, Back and forth That's, with that. If you really want to resurrect the franchise, if you want to get him away from doing diehard battery commercials, oh, have dude, you seen those? Those are awesome. I love them. I love them. <laughs> I love them more than I love Good Day to Die Hard. Agreed. Yes. Weirdly agreed. Yes. Um, but if you really want to get everybody reinvested, you bring back Sam Jackson's character. Yeah. Why is his name escaping me right now? Zeus Carver. Zeus. Hey, he keeps calling him hey, Zeus. Yeah. yeah. Zeus. Zeus Carver. Yeah. As in follow Apollo. He fuck said, me hey, Zeus. My name is Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> oh, sure. Don't fuck with me. I'll shove a lightning bolt up your ass. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. That, and that's the other thing. Willis is pretty much fully checked out by five. He's in the process of checking out during four. Like right. During the Kevin Smith scene. He's phoning it in. Yes. But five, he is completely The phone like, is down. Elevated. You know, he's separated from his body. But if you bring in Sam Jackson and he's like, literally, I gotta do it for Sam. No, I gotta like give step him, up no, my no, game. Just, I gotta actually give a shit about this. Give one. him anybody to play against. That's the, that's the thing. Think about all but of it's the... Got, but do you hear what I'm saying? They tried to pair him. Now, granted, Jai Courtney is about as compelling as a, you know. I was going to be really mean, but I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm not crazy about the guy. I thought he was okay as Captain Boomerang. I haven't really seen him do much else. He was in the, what you call it, the Jack Reacher. All right. And um, <laughs> Die Hard. My, I like him on Wet Hot American Summer yeah. 10 years later. I'll give him that. Okay. There's no there's no chemistry happening there. And I feel like in general, based on what we know about Willis, dude, if you pair him with somebody younger younger or an up and comer, like he's just gonna dominate him. Like he's gonna take all the good lines for himself. He's not gonna want to play ball or whatever. But you put somebody of equal stature, if not greater, I mean, it's fucking Sam Jackson. Definitely bigger movie star than Willis is at this point, and consistently so. Wait, what if you no, what if you but, what if you did Nothing Lasts Forever, the novel, but you have him realize he's in a fucking Die Hard movie? He's like, wait a minute, this feels familiar. He's at another skyscraper going to see his daughter and random-ass terrorists take over, and he's like... So he, it's like a soft reboot of the original? But it's like he saying? knows what's going on, and he's like, make it's like a, I don't know, how do you... But we just make it meta? then? Yeah, why not, dude? Why not go full meta? I think we just let him let it die. I think we just let it die. It's gonna be kind of hard. I know. No. No. <laughs> what What do you do when every franchise is in peril? Put it on a cruise ship. Put it on a cruise ship. So speed was in peril immediately. Yes. <laughs> they were like, "We are fresh out of ideas." <laughs> yes. Give me some leeches and Willem Dafoe and Jason Patrick. I guess. What's he doing? Is he doing something? Is Keanu coming back? Oh, he, oh, he's not. He's not. Okay. He's got Can we just to say that Jason Patrick? No, people are not going to accept that. You need to make it a different thrill-seeking cop. <laughs> yes. Okay. And she is a. She still no. Yes, she's definitely done dating him. She doesn't want to date action guys. And 
Oh, that'd be like some fun foil. Like, oh my God. Oh, sorry, Annie. <laughs> I, I do thrill-seeking stuff on motorcycles too. Yeah. Poor Jason Patrick. He gets a raw deal on some stuff. He gets a raw deal on a lot of stuff. But he's... Shout out though to Boba Fett in that movie. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that for a you second. You did, didn't you? He is kind of like the third... Deckhand. Fourth lead. Third yeah. deckhand, yeah. He's definitely... You know, you always got to have a buddy in the... He's the Al Powell of that movie. Exactly, Yes. He's the Reginald Val Johnson. Which, oh, Speed no, 2, wait, Cruise Control. Wait a minute. Would, would you not argue that... He's the, the Jeff Daniels. <laughs> would uh, you not argue that the guy that takes photo, like photos, the photographer kid, is that not his... That's his sidekick? Which, I mean, they do more stuff together, don't they? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a bit. Me neither. I remember a lot of Tamora Morrison helping out with shit towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I remember him getting cut in the arm. I remember, I remember throwing... the the deaf girl. Right. Sign language. And you're like, Jason Patrick, man. I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. He just, what is he, when is he in a bad movie? See, we're already slipping into a two-by-two two retro. We well, are, man. That's how excited right, we are to let get me, to can it. I, you mean give you my new stuff real quick? Dude, I'm listening. All right. So I watched, I told you, I watched that, that Joel, the Clash documentary. Um, I watched a, the Damned documentary after that. Hell yeah. But in between those two, I completely forgot about this. And I don't know if I'm glad I did or not, but I watched England is Mine. Yeah, you were really amped on it when it came out, but and you never watched it. I did, forgot it, and, like, I it's so weird because, like, every promotional thing I have... It's it, so weird because, like, I hate Morrissey I now. do hate Morrissey. <laughs> I don't really... And that's the thing, is, like, I get it. He's pompous. He's a, he's a son of a bitch. Like, he's an asshole. Fuck him. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> sucks. the guy that's playing him... Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty good at just be at just acting in general. Cause like, despite everything in that movie, I kind of would want to hang out with that dude. Yeah. And I love the kid that played Johnny Marr. And like, if all of that is relatively true to form, like playing a show, Oh my God, I hit the big time. Well, no, they just want your buddy, the guitar player. I mean, the movie ends with him. What is this? Let me see this. What are you showing me here? <laughs> okay. That yeah, that meme works. I get it. The the meme in question, I I do sometimes forget that this is an audio, an audio medium, format, yeah. Uh is <laughs> I forget what British comedy this is taken from, I'm not sure honestly. Uh but it, it's two Nazis, and one of them is given a Heil Hitler, and the one giving the Heil Hitler says Morrissey. And the awkward one standing next to them, uh, not really into it, it says someone trying to enjoy the Smiths' music. It's, yeah. It's a pretty solid meme. Yeah. And I again, I don't know how much you had to do with it, but I, I enjoyed... Because it, it's this weird... It's got this weird, like, this is a superhero origin story vibe. Uh-huh. Because, like, all the... No, listen. All the promotion stuff has him... In that tan coat uh-huh. with that hair. And like the movie ends with him just knocking on Johnny Marr's door in that outfit. And you're like, oh, this was an origin story for Morrissey. And the band began. It's right, dude, because it's like literally Ian Kurt. The, does, the it contr- have, does it have the music? None. None whatsoever. Dude, I don't understand why people, when, when you go to get the license and they're like, you know what? Based on your script or your treatment or your pitch. No not giving you the music guess what movie over don't make it right every time they make one of these without the music there's no point point. and when has it ever worked and the when only, has it 
ever work. Right. The only one that I think works, and it's perfect, is Control. It's the best. Does Control not have Joy Division music in it? It has them playing their first show. It has him writing everything. And that's the thing. It has the entire life and arc of Ian Curtis, including performances. And the people, Sam Riley sings his own songs. That's why it's the best of these... I don't know how many there are, but, but like the I'm best saying. of these they English have, singer, yeah, they have it. That was, and that was, that's, that's what works. Saying. Yeah, it works. That's not, but that's, that's what I'm saying. There when you has, don't have it, yeah, there's they no do example it. of, of not having access to, and to the licensing of the music, even if it's not using it in the movie. I'm not even saying that, but when you, so he can't sing any Smith songs in the movie, listen, right? Listen, I don't he can know. can just say England is mine a bunch or it's going to be mine. Right. Well, <laughs> see the song that he does sing. In his first iteration of singing, you know, because they talk about, oh, he's all nervous. He doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know if that was a Smith song. It became one. It doesn't sound like one I've ever heard. Might have been an it's original. An original song for the movie. I don't. I have no idea. But, so weird, dude. But it's just, again, if you just, knowing that, like, you don't, he doesn't do any Morrissey-type stuff, and he just shows up at Johnny Marr's door in that tan coat and the coiffed hair, you're like... <laughs> Oh, he's got it now. He's Superman now. Let's go make the best, you know, <clears throat> whatever. Like, let's go smash it on top of the pops and become this weird, poppy, whatever, you know, musical genre icon that, like, people talk about to this day, but not for good reason sometimes because mm-hmm. the lead singer's a, a cunt. But, you know. Yeah. I watched England as mine. Anyway. Okay. Um, let's see. Hard pass for me. Hard I, pass. I watched the, um, I watched this documentary about skin in the film industry that's on hulu talking about going every all the way back to like the the nudies of the late 1800s early 1900s into like what was acceptable the haze code all that breaks it down bit by bit um i heard of this thing called the internet yeah well, no i mean <laughs> yes. what 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 i'm i'm curious what are you talking about sir um other thing i watched that i think you would enjoy if you haven't ever seen it i watched Action Jackson with Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers? I don't think I've seen it. Dude, I know the cover. Dude, I definitely know the cover. It is so wild. It is yeah. so wild. Bill Duke is his police sergeant. They met that, on the. So that's not what you're giving me for 2x2 two two Retro Review? No, it's not because it didn't come out in January. I'm sorry. Um, but it's well, great. It's always next month. Are we making that the rule? Oh, no, I just said because it was dump months and we don't know what we want to do. Let's just make it January for fun. Plus, Jocko. it's my birthday. Why not? Um, my <laughs> and, birthday is a dump month. you love month. dumps. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Dude, especially the Staten Island dump. <laughs> you, are you kidding me? She was my favorite on that show. King of Staten Island, uh, free on HBO Max I right did see now. that. Yeah, no, I saw that. I'm sure Gavin's going to rewatch um, it. And the last brand new one that I watched is Pieces of a Woman on Netflix. Pretty rough. Would not recommend. <laughs> good movie, but very good to get movie. Through. That's uh, I yeah. literally listen. That, I literally that. saw that Shia LaBeouf was in it, and I started. Did not know anything about it, and I oh wow, this took a turn. And then like, how are we feeling about Shia these days? I like Shia, bro. I can't. I mean, what do you? I mean, you're, you you still have yeah. some stain from the tax collector, obviously. He must have yeah, robbed you blind. I was just blind. like so on board after Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon to be like, dude, you've redeemed yourself. I love you. You're back. And then all these FKA Twigs things, dude. You haven't read any of this shit? I don't even know what you're talking about. He's <laughs> accused of assault by her former girlfriend, FKA Twigs, the singer. I'm not familiar with her. I don't listen to her music. Mm-hmm. I think she dated Pattinson for a while, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
But yeah, he has like court filings against him right now, and Olivia Wilde, who he was about to be in her next movie, dropped him based on that and the fact that he was fighting with the crew prior to, like, I think during production or whatever, but he was, so he's just been, again, it was like, dude, I thought you like got your shit together, and then, again, assault charges, miss bad behavior, He's a tortured artist, dude. He's just a tortured artist. He's not going to... I know. I'm We're just all saying, in the movie but... of his life, and his move. The movie of his life is: Can he get it together? That's it. I understand that, dude. But at a certain point, I'm like, dude, I, I've been invested in you getting your shit together for like over a decade, and I don't know at what point my patience runs out for some of that shit. Read the stories if you want to, dude. I don't know. I have more complicated feelings about him now. Um, notably, they have like. Complete, they scrubbed his name from like all sorts of Oscar consideration for this movie that mm-hmm. you're referring to for Pieces of a Woman. Um, based on the what I knew about the description alone, I was like, if I'm being real, dude, I got enough sudden infant death syndrome in I Know This Much Is True last year on HBO. Mm-hmm. Plenty. <laughs> enough for, you know, enough to last me for a while. Enough to, and that was really the first time since the SIDS episode of, of ER. Of ER, With honestly. John Goodman? So, I forget who the dad is in that one. I thought it was John Goodman. Because it's Bradley Whitford is the dad when Mark loses the baby. Right. But that's not SIDS. No. I don't think it's John Goodman, bro. It's, it's either, somebody else. Is it Dan Laurie? Dan Loria? Dan Loria from uh, Wonder Years. Is he the dad from Wonder? It's it's some bigger gentleman who is a father and is talking about SIDS. I can't remember. I forget, too. Me, too. But anyways, so knowing the description, um, and again, dude, this has Ellen Burstyn in it. One of, like, probably straight up my favorite actress on the planet still. Um, You know that one scene she always has in movies where she gets, like, her Ellen Burstyn thing where she breaks down and she gives it to you and you're just like, whoa. It's in there. Yeah. I so I will work up to this one, and you know me normally. I'm like, dude, bring on the pain. Like I'm yeah, totally that's... yeah. Let's let's get dark. I just haven't been in the mood. Um, and it's produced by Scorsese, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about yeah. it is directly up my my alley. But uh, I haven't worked up to this one yet. I will watch it at some point. I just had a conversation earlier this evening with uh, Lee Schram. It's it shall soon be Elise Niles, but. Uh, Tim's fiance and she watched it thought it was fantastic but yeah same thing where I literally she texted me that she was watching it and I was like have fun with that one I guess <laughs> uh, but yeah I'll work up to it is Molly Parker we'll in up on that one. who's the girl from the leftovers um wait, can you be more specific the someone who loses a whole family the actress yes Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. I get her and this Molly Parker chick mixed up. Molly Parker from Deadwood? Yeah. Okay. That's probably why. But she's in it. Gotcha. They I just, gotta watch they it for the person of it all, period. Okay. Um, yeah, and that was it. That was that was all the stuff I had okay. managed to get to. Uh, my only new movie of the new year uh, came out last year, actually. Finally got around to it because it's free on Amazon Prime now. Mystify Michael Hutchins. Have you seen this? No. 
It's about Michael Hutchins from NXS. Yeah. Uh, pretty much charts it from, you know, it's not like a cradle to the grave documentary necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's definitely about, you know, forming the band, the rise through it, but also his personal story and journey and his different relationships over the years. They talked to like everybody he was with. Um, and great doc, one of my favorite music docs I've seen in a while. Love NXS, love Michael Hutchins, and realize that like, his death in popular culture had been completely misrepresented to me mm-hmm. like a hundred percent inaccurate in the, in the way that it was depicted and all of the circumstances surrounding it. And after watching this doc, I was just like, dude, it's another one. It's almost, it sounds a, like a weird thing to compare it to, but it's almost like the Lorena Bobbitt doc where you're like, wait, so we just like, everybody just ran with this kind of like joke version of what happened. Right. And the reality is devastating. And the fact that I was like, I've loved this guy's music like since I've been a little kid, didn't know like the full on backstory or the circumstances surrounding his death, and then watching like the trajectory of it, so like heartbreaking and so that's so many details in it though that I'm like I don't just want to like throw out there for you well no i mean because i like, think you should I, watch it well yeah i mean i and i will and but like there's stuff that was the the access to footage is incredible there's stuff that's just like him and kylie minogue on vacation together like just stuff they were filming you know of each other don't even, it's that don't kind of like play yeah. dude like that's amazing i fucking it's love good, kylie dude. minogue yeah um and yeah, that that his death is has always been like, oh, you know, was it this? Was it that? Like the hanging, all that. They they don't even. What I loved about the doc too is it's like it does not even venture into discussing how the narrative has been bastardized of it. It literally just lays out for you this is what happened in the months leading up to his death. This is what he was going through, and here's what happened specifically. Yeah, and it was just like shit, dude. Like literally. How did I go, you know, over a decade at this point, just thinking that like, yeah, he was like a joke or a footnote. It's because, because of that. And it's it just, because yeah. VH1 did behind the music and they tell you the little heartbreaker thing about his dad being called. But then they do. I love the 90s and somewhere in there. And that everything's got to be a cynical so, joke. Someone made the comment, made the joke, made a reference to it. And it's just been locked in your brain that yeah. it was this thing. And it really wasn't, and that's a that's a fucking shame. And like yeah. a lot of stuff this year, last year, we should be ashamed of ourselves. That's something even yeah. more because so, yeah, um, that mystify was, Michael Hutchins, great music doc. But that set me on a little trend. Uh, by the way, Amazon Prime, great spot for music, music docs. related docs. There's a British series called Under Review, where they just go through an artist career sometimes in sections like if they've been around for a while mm-hmm. watch one of those on kate bush that was really good i watched uh, one on bowie during the berlin period those oh, three albums interesting um great stuff great stuff it's called under review you can just search for under review on amazon prime i think most of them ran in like the 80s or 90s based on the look of it it's just like it was on british tv well that's the thing i liked these. about the the joe doc is like and i don't know what it was from but i remember watching a doc that wasn't this one where they talk to the guy that essentially 
he like bumps into Joe's number and he's like, what are you, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm this, this and the clash. He's like, oh, who the fuck are you? Like, oh, you did this with the clash. Why the fuck aren't you making music, man? Like I'm out here doing this. What are you doing? And that led to him coming back to being the Mescaleros and like forming a band again, because some guy was like, and, and I mean like, yeah, he did make the clash. He'd done all this other stuff, but for some guy to just be like, okay, cool, but, like, what are you, what are you doing, doing now? now? Yeah, That, to me, I don't know what clip it was, but they had the guy who, like, who had bumped into him and, like, gave him shit about it. They were talking to him, but I don't think he was on that doc I watched, but... And I get that that was about him, and I know there's not much you can say about The Clash, but, I man, that, that footage of him playing with Mick at the last little bit, and, like, yeah, you know what it is. Like, that shit just, that melted my heart, man. Yeah. That that was at least something that got to happen before he passed away. Because I think once people watch it and realize, kind of, you're that's like the woman in there said, you're not like a casual Clash fan. You either are a Clash fan or you're not. And yeah. I, I feel like people have relegated it to like, oh, it's the Rock the Cat Box guys. No, no, no. There's way more <laughs> than just that. Like, if you think the Clash is Rock the Casbah, like mean, you, you are not a Clash fan at all. You don't like their music before. I mean, is there any other band in history that has ever had that moniker? The only band that matters. Is there another one that's even attempted to be like, Hey, we're going to do a riff on this. And like, Hey, we're the only band that matters. Like nobody's done it. Nobody, nobody would disrespect their name that much. But like, yeah. When you, Oh, so good. dude. Okay. Yeah. Definitely watch that doc. I will. Was it called cut the clash? Is that what it is? There are so many Joe Strummer documentaries yeah. and Clash documentaries that I don't know which one I saved. It's Joe the, Strummer uh, cut the, the Clash list. is one I saw. That's okay. what I what I thought I saw. We will. But that led me to the one about the damned dude, and that was wild, man. Yeah. I mean, and everybody just knows the. I mean, sorry, everybody I know. You take you say the damned, they don't know who you're talking about. But then if you tell them like, you remember like you know Batman Forever, there was like the Offspring, smash it up. Yeah, what that they did the original of that. They're like, oh yeah, I think I may have heard that, but that's it. They don't know any other damn songs. And it's like, hmm. The only one I couldn't find, which I was kind of wanting. I mean, it wouldn't happen because of these two bands, obviously. But I don't know if there's any misfit docs out there that go deep on anything with any of them. I don't know. But that would be an interesting thing to do. Yeah, maybe you should make it. I wish I could. Call up Glenn. I'm sure he's not busy. <laughs> Um, or maybe he's directing another movie. Did he put out a movie last year? No, but it's coming Baratica. out. Listen. Oh, that shit's out, listen, dude. No, that's no, no, listen, listen. I listened to Devin Sawa talk to Martin, not Martin, Leonard Moulton. Uh-huh. And he talked about doing that movie with him and Eli Roth and how batshit crazy it was, but so much fucking fun it was. It's like, I just worked with Glenn Danzig. Like, he's, he's amazing. And his... At that point, when he mentions that, Leonard Moulton's daughter mentioned how, like, when this first started, they did they weren't enforcing six feet distance, uh-huh. so they told people they needed to stay a Danzig away because he's not <laughs> fully six feet. But they had Glenn Danzig's on the floor of like stay a Danzig away from each other, <laughs> which I thought was cute. But um, but yeah, Devin Sawa doing good, man. Glad to hear. It. Yeah. Did I'm you not... watch uh, the Fanatic yet or whatever it's called? No, I want to. There's something else he's got coming out that's supposed to be really good too. Okay. I got some uh, rewatches. All right, I'll run through them very quickly, and then uh, if you got anything, you know, let me know, and then we'll we'll give our two by two recommendations yeah. and get out of here. Okay, real quick on the TV front, I'm rewatching The Leftovers. Yes, 
It's incredible. Basically, okay. the reason I went with it, I forgot it's only 28 episodes, dude. Yeah, it's real, real short. Yeah, it's not even a full 30 because they only did eight for the final season. Mm-hmm. Crushing it. Just got the season finale of the first season to get to tonight after you leave. And then I'm going to drive straight into season two, which is just a masterwork start to finish. And then I love three. I'm hope the amount of appreciation I have for one has risen in this rewatch though. Cause I had not touched it since mm-hmm. it originally came out and there's a pretty decent gap between it and season two. I've rewatched parts of season two international assassin specifically. I oh, just yeah. will like just throw on every once in a while and then three, I, you know, so this is my first time going back through it. It is one of my top five favorite shows of all time and it is holding up as such uh, on this rewatch. Yeah, just so good. Speaking of leftovers, again, I know we would not be a podcast episode without me recommending another podcast to you, but Scott Glenn, yeah, Mark Maron. Oh, I'm getting to it. Got to do it on the list. Got to do it. Don't spoil anything. I'm not spoiling anything. It's one of the best ones I've listened to. Okay, good recommendation. Um, speaking of, you know, I just decided to kick off 2021 and just like I'm just gonna bathe myself in incredible stuff i'm also re-watching one of my other five favorite shows of all time and arguably my fav- single favorite piece of art uh ever i'm, re- I'm re-watching twin peaks the return <laughs> right i saw now. that i well, saw that downstairs when i got here re-watching that with veronica re-watching the leftovers by myself okay dude again yeah. it's just like oh what am i gonna watch tonight Another episode of The Return. Still got like, still got like fifteen hours left, dude. It's great. Or you know, dive into leftovers. So those are my big rewatches right now. We of course watched Cobra Kai season yes. three together. We loved it. Have you watched any of History of Swear Words? I watched uh, fucking shit. Okay. We already to... finished it. We did one a night yeah. since it came out. Uh, it's a ton of fun. I just they, want more. No, no, I just question. want more seasons. Question. What's up? So I noticed that, like, in the first episode, Nicolas Cage did the voices of the animation stuff. That carries through. And then Nick yeah. Offerman did the second one. So do they have, like, sort of a different person for each one, or is it just the two of them it, at some point? It, it varies. Okay. But Nick I'm... Cage does a lot more okay. stuff overall. Gotcha. Um, and he's fantastic. I, oh, my God. They could not have picked a, a better time. person. It's a really good time. And finding out that Jonah Hill has said fuck the most? Dude, that blew my mind. Me when they too. were doing the list, I was like, dude, it's De Niro. Trust me, it's De Niro. Yeah. Everybody's going to think it's something else, but it's De Niro. And I was going with just the sheer amount that he uses it in most of the Scorsese movies and the length of those movies. Right. And then I was like, I forgot about Jonah Hill, who's in one of the longest Scorsese movies, which is Wolf of Wall Street. Which, does De Niro even show up in Wolf of Wall Street? No. Exactly. But I'm like, if you take Wolf of Wall Street and Superbad alone, I'm like, that takes care of it, right? That puts him above. But then you pep. Would if you pepper in War Dogs? Yeah. Oh my God, he's like extremely foul mouthed in War Dogs. Yeah. The idea that that is a true story amazes me. Pretty wild. Yeah. So is Joker, by the way. Joker. <laughs> with with Joaquin, that Joker. They're both Todd Phillips movies. Oh, okay. War I Dogs was re- him starting to get serious. I was just. I got you. No, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Just having fun. Hey, man. Keeping it loose, keeping it light. What do we do here? I do have... I appreciate you. I do have a new show of 2021. First new show of 2021, other than Cobra Kai. 
and history of swear words. I've, again, history of swear words, I'm like, it feels weird to assign like a rating to or whatever. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look forward to more of it. Um, but anyways, this is also on Netflix. Have you been intrigued by Lupin? Has it been getting promoted to you at all? No. Are you familiar with Lupin in general? The character of Lupin? Okay. Very brief. Okay. Early 1900s. The Adventures of Arsene Lupin. Sounds familiar. By something Blanc, I forget. Maurice Blanc? Mel. Maurice Leblanc, I think. French gentleman... Thief turned detective. Okay. okay. Character's been around, like I said, since the early 1900s. This is just one they're tapping into now because well, no one well, has. Well, let me finish here. It's traveled all over the globe, and it's like, there's different iterations of it as well. But it's a French property. Right. But you may be somewhat familiar with Lupin the Third, which is Japanese manga animator Monkey Punch took the Lupin character and created Lupin the Third. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Hayao that's... Miyazaki directed a Lupin movie. That was his right. first directorial movie. There's been a billion Lupin movies, a billion series as well. It's still running to this day. There's iterations on it, etc. Okay. Very cool. Very fun. Like that's where I, the angle I come at it from. Mm-hmm. This new Netflix show is a French show. Okay, which stars Omar Sy, who some people may, if you saw. The Upside, the Cranston Kevin Hart movie, that was a remake of a movie called The Intouchables, a French movie from several years ago. It was a big like Oscar contender. Okay. Big deal. Omar Sy is in that. He's been in a bunch of international productions. He's v- one of the more well-known French actors in the world right now. Okay. So he's your lead, and he plays a character named Asan who grew up on the Lupin books. Okay. The French Lupin books, okay? So he is inspired by Lupin. He and he basically claims that like he is Lupin. But in the world of the show, these fictional books exist. This is not I get what you're saying. Like a descendant of the character it's in the meta. same way that Lupin the 3rd is like just meant to be the third Lupin in the bloodline. Right. And just happens to be Japanese and goes on all these adventures with a samurai and a like cool smoking gunman and his lady friend. Um, but yeah, so this new one set in you know modern day Paris, all sorts of cool new tech, and it's basically about this lead character Asan trying to avenge um, his father who was wronged by this powerful family, and it all centers around a uh, a necklace. That may or may not be stolen, etc. There's kind of, so it's it's a heisty thriller, espionage sort of vibe. Okay. Very fun, uh, very light, but still heavier than so. I've seen like some different Lupin properties at this point. I got into them through Lupin the Third, but I've started to branch out. There's a t- French TV series that ran forever as well. So, yeah, check mm-hmm. it out. It's new on Netflix. This is just part one. We're getting part two in a couple months. Uh, part one is just five episodes, and it ends on a huge cliffhanger. I really dug it. I think you would get into it. I'm not going to recommend it quite at the level of like Kingdom or The Naked Director or okay. any of those big international productions, but as a way to kick off 2021, and if you look around, people are generally pretty hot on it right now. 
it's definitely worth checking out. I'm excited to see where it goes with part two. Uh, but yeah, Lupin on Netflix. Highly recommend. Okay. If you're in the mood for just like a, a stylish French action thriller, it's a good time. Okay. And again, he's a gentleman thief, dude. And that's the best part. Is he's just, he's got class. He's a, you know, he's not a scoundrel. He's a bit so, of a scoundrel, but not a huge scoundrel. Uh, so yeah, that would be a recommend. My rewatches, gonna run them down real quick for you, brother. Karate Kid Part 2, as yes. you mentioned. We're on a kid kick where the wild things are. The Spike Jones version, oh, the live okay. action. Yep. Followed by Up. Veronica had never seen either. She, I think, really liked both. We watched Up because we had watched Soul. Soul I yeah. explained it's Pete Doctor, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I was in the nostalgic mood, as you can tell. Uh, so I watched Dragon Ball Curse of the Blood Rubies. Because oh. I have that four movie pack collection, finally dipped into it. Oh, by the way, I found every other Dragon Ball VHS you ever had in the attic. Dragon Ball or... Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, everything. It's in the attic. Where's the box, dog? I you l- bring it down with you? I couldn't. It was too heavy. There's a lot of shit oh, in there. man. It's literally sitting right up there. You just got to crawl up there and, and drag it down. Gotta, Next time you're back, I'll... You got to check it out, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, again, this is OG Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z. Right. This was, I think, my first exposure to the franchise ever. I had this VHS when we were in Japan. It's all those. It's the Dragon regular. He's a child. Yeah. Yeah, it's but all those. Curse of the Blood Rubies, which is basically a retelling of, like, the first arc of, like, the first series, essentially. Right. Him meeting Bulma, Yamcha, all the, all the gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it... I, I don't know. Part of me wants to be like, I don't know if I feel as strongly about it as I did. I was looking for like a nostalgia hit and it like, it definitely took me back, but it's also like, I think probably because I've been watching more adult, but don't you have double dragon too? I do have double dragon. Have you watched any of those yet? These are just movies though. Oh, okay. I'm not like going through the whole series. I'm not doing all 155 episodes. Uh, Oh, okay. No, I'm just watching this four movie pack. I got just to like, you know, live in the world for a bit, but not have to commit. Okay. So, yeah. I've only done Blood Ruby so far, though. I got three more in there. Live a bit, not commit. I got it. Uh, office Space, you know, only for the trillionth time. Veronica picked it. She wanted to watch it again. So, that's what we did. Gavin already spoiled this one, you know, like an hour ago. I had to find out. What's eating this goddamn Gilbert Grape? What's eating him? A lot of problems. We do know he is a wino forever. Here's what. Here's what killed me, dude. It's on Netflix. That's part of why Veronica picked it. She'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Talk about a cable movie. Yes. Is this not buried in your brain, like every frame of it for some reason? No, and I've never actually seen it all the way through. It's just what I've seen on cable. I think you would be shocked, though, dude, because I sat and watched this, and I was like, oh, it's been at least 20 years. Surely there's stuff I don't remember about it. I remembered Every single thing that happens in that movie, I remembered the shots. I remembered the music cues. I was like, how many times did I watch this as a kid? And I think it was just right in that sweet spot of like, I thought DiCaprio was like the bee's knees. It was before you had a ton of content from him and you couldn't. Like you were trying to find the growing pains episodes he showed. Absolutely. Dude, I was written like Marvin's room. With Diane Keaton. You would this boy's yeah. life in it all day long. Is that Diane Keaton and Meryl Streep? It is Meryl Streep. Yeah, dude. I was watching like Marvin's Room and stuff like that and like not being able to watch the Basketball Diaries. <laughs> so settling for PG-13 movies. Uh, 
getting away with Romeo and Juliet, stuff like that, etc. So, Basketball Diaries is dark. Yeah, I th- and Gilbert Grape, that's the other thing, is I was like, surely this is rated R off screen and just like they edit it for television. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh no, it's just PG-13 and they just show the whole damn thing just as it occurs and it takes them three hours to show it because it's two hour, just two hour and change movie. But really held up. You know I have complicated feelings about Johnny Depp these days, but this is far enough back that I really didn't care about it at mm-hmm. all. Um, DiCaprio, like, I, dude, talk about a bold choice where I'm just like, if this went wrong, if this went wrong and was like a joke, dude, I don't know how many actors recover from that. But it's like, not only does it not hit a false note, that act, that supporting actor nomination was richly deserved. Yeah. Like, he's great in this movie. Never mind the fact that... Dude, I realized this when I was just looking up stuff about it, because I was like, oh, shit, I forgot how much I like this. This came out, like, a couple months after This Boy's Life, dude. These yeah. are the same year. And it's just like, I'm here, by the way. <laughs> yes. Like, I'll be over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't see me? I got the ringing endorsement of Bobby D, and now I'm like... I'm in a movie with Johnny Depp, like the it guy of this moment, and I'm stealing the show <laughs> right out from underneath. Oh, I can't it. have it yet? Okay, I'll be back in two years Dude, with James Cameron, and we'll talk. Here's the thing that I had completely forgotten about, and we, of course, wouldn't appreciate it at the time, but rewatching it now. Dude, John C. Riley is his buddy? Yeah. Crispin Glover is his other buddy who mm-hmm. runs the funeral home? Come on, dude. And you got Mary Steenburgen, so you have this weird, like, sort of parallel Back to the Future connection, but not really, because they were never in the same one together, you know? Right. I forget about that. Yeah, Christmas Glover's gone up to... Oh! They're, like, reaching out to each other from part one and part three. Speaking of Back to the Future, (laughs) Biff is a cop in Action Jackson. Oh, dude. Why, why, Why is this not your recommendation? Seriously. Okay. Um... So yeah, Gilbert Grape holds up. Surprising. I got one more, and then my last rewatch is my uh, my retro review recommendation. Okay. Last thing we watched, we were still in a. Uh, it feels weird to even even say a kid mood when discussing this movie, but we watched Spirited Away. Oh, okay. Uh, the aforementioned Hayao Miyazaki. One of those that. Every time I rewatch it, I'm like, is it the, is it like one, one, is it the best thing ever? Is it the best movie ever made? It's so singular and it's so, yet at the same time, so rich and like the amount of depth, I think is pretty much unparalleled in terms of like, there's not many other animated movies that I can rewatch and like continue to get more layers out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. The only other thing that's non-Miyazaki that I could even compare it to is something like Waking Life from Richard Linklater, which, again, is not, like, traditional animation at the same time. But just wow, dude. Again, if you have HBO Max, you have access to all of the Studio Ghibli movies. And do yourself a favor if you've never seen them. And please, do it with subtitles. Don't do it with the dubs. No. No dubs. Subs, no dubs. Subs, no dubs. Okay. So I watch JoJo's. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, Veronica's um, nephew is, like, obsessed with that show now. Really? Yeah. 
Do you know about it? Like, you know, all the, all the, like, famous villains are, like, bands names? No. Yeah. Like, there's a, in the first she season. She was saying, she watched some of it with him, and she was like, do you ever want to watch that show? I was like, Dude, I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm going to recommend, let's see, okay, I'm going to recommend you start with Stardust Crusaders, which is the iconic JoJo that everyone knows. Okay. Um, And it's like his grandfather's got to come get him, because, like, his mom's, you know, Dio is back crazy shit but all the ones in there it's like they're all like (laughs) i have to show you them but they're all like different all the villains that show up they are different references to bands that um iraqi likes Mm -hmm. and i don't think he's related to the iraqi that we saw in the sex museum the the uh, bondage fetish photography Mm -hmm. guy but it may be like a a classic last name over there iraqi but um but yeah, dude, JoJo's is wild. Like it's got crazy. Just well, I should hope so. It's a bizarre adventure. Yeah. Well, like the yeah, second I one, the I, I can't talk too much about anime on here because like every time I add another one to the list, Sunshine Mayfield is like, "Motherfucker, I've been telling you to watch Avatar for oh. months, oh. for months." <laughs> I got and you. I was like, "Dude, I gotta finish Gundam." And then like I mentioned that I was contemplating Dang rewatching God. Dragon Ball, and he was like, "Dude, Avatar, please." And I'm like, "It's not. It's not really anime, bro." It's not really anime. No. Americanized anime. Yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I would start there. Uh, you you would probably enjoy it. Okay. Especially the, what is considered the fourth season. It's it's a very, like, David Lynch Twin Peaks vibe. Oh, dude. I'm all of, about Of, like, it. this town <laughs> that, like, it's, it's bad shit it's crazy. It's a bizarre adventure. There's okay. a David I'm... Bowie-esque villain that, like, can stop and change time, and, like, it's batch, it's dude, wild, dude. You would love it. I am totally on board. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely right. have to let me know what you think when you start watching it. I will do that. Okay. Have we reached that moment? Or do you have some rewatches for me? Oh, I already gave you my rewatches, remember? Okay, so we're good? We're good. Okay, we're two hours plus into this episode. Right ready to be done with it but before we can do that this is the first two by two retro review of 2021 who's revealing first you first i have a <laughs> ceremony to do with mine okay and a backup if you don't want to all right them because they're too the stipulations deep. determined by you this movie had to come out in january yes period right and our arbitrary rule for two by two retro reviews nothing past 2010 Right. We really try to avoid like the late two thousands altogether, but we like to, you know, keep it back a bit. Yeah. So I went with a movie that is celebrating its twentieth anniversary this year. Huh. Came out in two thousand one. Oh. It stars a Hollywood legend, an icon, if you will. One of the few people who could go by a single name. And Are you going to be what swept away with Madonna? <laughs> hey, <laughs> good. <laughs> I said a Hollywood icon. Really? Hollywood icon I don't for know. Madonna? Have you seen Body of Evidence? <laughs> yeah, I have. We rewatched it last year. Shit's wild. I'm pretty sure they were actually they fucking. They were. They had to have yes. been. Oh, God. Willem Dafoe, man. Oh, <laughs> it's just bold. Fucking bold. Bold <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give you some cast members. Okay. I want to see if you can guess it. Okay. Harry Dean Stanton. The crew. Sam Shepard. Are you going to make me watch Alpha Dog? 
No, Sham Shepard isn't it's from an Alpha 2001. Dog. Oh. Alpha Dog wasn't 2001? No. <laughs> Stanton yeah, and Alpha Sam Dog's Shep- like, no, it's not. It's like 04, 05, you're right. The events that happened happened in 2001, you're right. Um, Harry Dean Stanton. Okay. I'm not going to go any Shepard. further with the cast because I honestly to I don't want to spoil all of the great supporting actors in this movie. I don't know if you remember it. Again, stars a Hollywood icon. It's a detective story, sort of. Sort of. Sort, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Is it the score with Brando? No. Okay. I don't know. You get you you you're getting warm though. Okay. You're getting a little warm. Okay. Okay. This movie is directed by a very famous actor. Is it the Pledge? It is. The You're going to make me pledge. watch The Pledge? Fuck yes, When's man. When's the last time you watched The Pledge? Like 10 years ago. Okay. Starring one Mr. Jack Nicholson. Yes. Directed by Sean Penn. And I feel like, spoiler, you know, I don't know how well you remember the movie. All it, I want to say before we go into this, part of what made me pick it, other than the fact that it came out in 2001 in January. Aaron Eckhart is in that movie, right? He is. Okay. There's a lot of other people. There are a lot of people that in that movie. Like, yeah, I just told you Harry Dean Stanton and Sam oh, Shepard. Oh, you know what I movie. should have thought of? I thought you were going to make me watch About Schmidt. It's 2002. I know, yeah. But it didn't come Good out in movie. January. Good movie. Um, I thought... You might want these back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know how well you remember this movie. I. The main reason I picked it... He retires. Other, other than the obvious. He gets drawn back in. Yes. Sort of. Essentially. I don't want to spoil it for you. This is one of those weird movies. I'll say it in advance. This is why I want to explore it with you. I think it's a flawed masterpiece. Yes. If that makes sense. Like, Did I think we it see has, this in theaters? I, no. We watched this at the Beach House at Emerald Isle right. when I was 10 years old. I had not seen it <laughs> right. Since again then. until last night. Okay. I was like, dude, it's been a full 20 years How since i seen watch this it? movie. It's on HBO right now. It is. Yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't popped up on my thing. I like Jack Nicholson. I like true crime shit. Why would it not show up? No, to be specific, I picked this movie out okay. to watch for retro reviews and then watched it last night. It's not like I came across it and I was like, oh, this fits perfectly. Okay. It was not that synergistic. But afterwards. Is that a word? It is now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But I think it ties in thematically very strongly with the movie that kicked off two by two retro reviews so many months ago, Gene Hackman and Night Moves. Okay. And I want you to think about Gene Hackman and Night Moves when when you watch Jack Nicholson in the Pledge. The pledge. Okay. And I'm not saying we have to draw a direct parallel, but. It no, was nice I, yeah, little, no, okay. I was like, this is a good way to kick it off, and it fits with your criteria of it having to come out in January. I think it's an underrated masterpiece. We will talk about it. It has some glaring flaws, some right. huge issues that need to be addressed, but there's a masterpiece in there. And It's not Penn's first time directing. No. Okay. He'd done the Indian Runner prior to this and the Crossing Guard with Nicholson. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever saw Indian Runner. No. Mom loves that movie. I'll bring it to you. Vigo Mortensen and David Morse. Oh. Good movie. Tough movie. Good movie. Okay. That's my pick. The Pledge from 2001. True dumping ground movie where you're like, and I can't wait to talk about it with you, but 
keep this in mind too. Like, I want you to watch like the 30 second TV spot, which I'm sure I'll play in the episode. And it's just like, dude, if this is how they were selling it to people. Like, no wonder it got a D cinema score. Yes. This movie is so not what people wanted. And that's why I fucking love it so much, dude. It ha- it makes some weird choices too. I can't I wait just to remember, discuss it with you. I just remember some spot where it's like a door kicks open and it's him looking startled and scared and like with the gun down. And I'm like, oh my God, See, that's I intense. That you don't know who's on the other end of that gun right now. And when you realize who's on the end of it, you're going to be like, that motherfucker's in this movie. This guy too. Okay. That's all we'll say for I'm right just, now. I'm trying to recall it. I'm so excited. I am, dude. And I'm, now I I'm feel so terrible for my picks. you told me you haven't seen it in forever. I haven't. I don't, think, I don't think you've seen any of these picks. I was going to go... What did you think I was going to make you watch? Antitrust. No. Because it came out also January of 2001, and it's a 20-year anniversary. Good call. I should have pulled it. I didn't think about it, okay? So this is what I'm going to do for you since it's my birthday, and this is dump months, okay? <laughs> you got three dump choices you can pick from, <laughs> okay? Dumps, okay? This is your first dump choice. You might not want to do it because it may tie in later. This is your first dump choice. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, directed by Michael Bay. Right. Okay, your second dump choice, it's streaming. It's Matinee by Joe Dante with John Goodman. With John Goodman? Yeah. Never seen it. I have never seen it. It looked pretty interesting. came out in January. It was a dump month title. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen it. That might be one you want to choose. This is your other one. Oh, take this shit off the table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's newer. Yes. It's done been trumped. Uh, It's Den of Thieves. The unrated cut. In fl- in the flesh. You don't even have to stream it. You can put that disc in your machine and it, it plays the movie. <laughs> it might even have some special features you might like. I don't know. Does it have a commentary? I'm so amped. Um, includes an alternate ending. Yep. A bonus feature called Alpha Males. A yep. bonus feature called End of the Den. And it's got some more too. Yeah. <laughs> and more. That's what it says. So I'm seeing two and a half hours for this unrated cut. What was the theatrical? Um, just a little over two, right at two. I never watched the unrated. They were cut. like, you know, it's not a Michael Mann ripoff if we don't have multiple versions. Exactly. <laughs> we got to stay true to our roots. Dude, I'm so excited good. for this one. Dude. Okay, I'm good. So excited Finally. to watch Den of Thieves. I am so excited to talk about the pledge. It's gonna be a weird pairing, but I'm fucking amped, man. This good. Well. Okay. Now I was Keep this looking, one in the rotation. Well, no, I'll, because, I'll hold on to it. I didn't mean to fuck <laughs> You know what was terrible? I, I went to Scratch and Spin, and I got this, and I was like, you don't by chance have these on Blu-ray back there, do you? And he's like, did you look up on the top? I was like, yeah. And he goes, if it's not on the top, I don't got it. But I can order it. And I was like, no, I need these before Tuesday, so I'm just going to take them. Thanks. And I got them there. But like um, that 13 hours will play in up. later. We'll, if we, we'll roll this out in a second. But... um. If we finish Bay of Lynch, we can do 13 I'm hours I'm just going to say, DVDs are totally solid because, perfect example, I put in my Spirited Away Blu-ray the other night, never been played before, never gone into a machine before, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't work on my PS4 because oh. my PS4 is having trouble with its Blu-ray drive. DVDs load up like that. Blu-ray hmm. drive, it's hit or miss. It may load, it may not. Huh. Uh, it may just spin forever. So DVDs are... Or where it's at for me for right now. Well, then if it's that not box streaming. you got is good to go then. Hell yeah. All right. All right. So next okay. time, I, presumably about a week from now, 
Yeah. Two by two retro review. First one of 2021 with the pledge from 2001 and den of thieves from a couple years ago. Really retro, real retro, by the way. Listen, (laughs) I figured this was the time. It's been long enough. We've been teasing it for like the entire time we did this. You kept it is telling true. me you're Gavin going has to. been trying to get me to watch this, and I I literally almost did like less when it than came a month on Netflix. Ago. That's why I'm right. I'm kind of glad I did. And you noticed actually. I put that in I'm front so of you. So excited to watch. You this should movie, look at that cover, dude. I'm there for it, dude. I am there for it. You know what the funny thing about both of those is? What's that? Pablo is in both of those. You got Shreve. He's you got Shreve in this too. Yes, he's in that. <laughs> He's the cynical one that's like, the shit's getting crazy. I'm out here saving your ass. You can hide in here, man. And he goes out and like, you know, he's he's defending the Benghazi CIA thing. Yeah, he's in both of them. Wild shit. Also, are we allowed to do this? Krasinski? No, I'm just saying, this is like stepping on the toes of like, if we ever finish Bay of Lynch, like... That was the only... be a weird stray movie that we covered. That was... Right. That was the one that I was like, I don't think he'll go with this... Because I was thinking it's part I, of I was, between this and matinee, I was inclined to just be like, "Fuck it, dude! I'll watch thirteen hours." Right? Okay. And then you bring out Den of Thieves into the equation. It's just like it's all over. There's with. No question. No way. Right. There's some top notch performances in Den of Thieves. Dude, I am amped. Good. Do, you don't understand. I sent. Did I send you that episode on garbage crime from The Ringer? Uh. Uh-uh. I definitely sent maybe you did, I sent I you a link to it, and okay. I was literally like, "Dude, they made this episode for you." They talked about Sleepless. Yes. They talked uh, contraband. They talked about all of those. Never movies, seen contraband. I need to watch that. But all of those movies, essentially, they have dubbed garbage crime, where it's like, and Den of Thieves is like the king of the garbage godfather crime? of garbage crime. Yes, it is yes. very much so. And I was like, they sold me on it. On top of the fact that they did a rewatchables for Den of Thieves a couple months prior to that, they usually do movies that have been out for like years. They very rarely do recent stuff, and they were like, "We got to do Den of Thieves." They've done Heat twice, by the way, but they've <laughs> done Den of Thieves now, and it's like, yeah, yeah, same echelon. <laughs> Anyways, I, I cannot. Listen, Den wait. of Thieves wants to be Heat, but it knows it's not, and it's okay with it. I That's... hope. I hope we have a. To live and die in LA situation. I really do. Where you brought this to me, and I'm like, "Why did I see in theaters?" Because you know, remember, your brother went and saw that in a theater in January the year it came out. Good for you. And he had a great fucking time doing it. It Has nothing to do with the fact that they talk like actual stuff that happens at banks and credit unions and the and all that. I appreciated all that having working in one as I do, but all the other shit, fucking wild. You are going to love it. I am very excited. Okay. All right. We will see you very soon with a new 2x2 retro review. And uh, we appreciate you sticking around if you did this entire time. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty amped for 2021. Yeah. We didn't mention that like, like shit got a little wild. Right. Uh, about a week before we recorded this. But uh, another time, another episode. <laughs> yep. We'll leave it at that. Kick it on down uh, the road a couple times. We'll be yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, for right now, we're focusing on the pledge and Den of Thieves, baby. Right. And we will see you very, very soon. We Keep doing this. We won't see you, but we will speak That's to you. That's the second time. Very, you, very you, you'll hear us very soon. Yes. Uh, if you want the lady to come back, let us know. We'll get her yes, back in Yes, please do. Thearchivy at gmail.com. Let us know if you would like more Becky Drake. And um, until next time, I've been Noah. 
And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And you've been listening to what we've been watching. You've been listening to what we're gonna do. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it, brother. <laughs> All right.